Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are vvim or it's, and you can follow me on Tumblr at the Voice of Nightvale with dashes. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use any pronouns. You can follow me on Tumblr, Lazarus Emma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns. You can follow me on Twitter at Tuple Thrones. And you can follow- we got through it smoothly this time, guys. <laughs> Up you say you say having interrupted Ash. Sorry. God. <laughs> I meant the three of us. The show <laughs> can be followed anywhere you get your podcasts, obviously, but also we can be followed on Twitter, Tumblr, and on TikTok at Word of Godcast. Sure, I guess that's how that goes. Yeah, I'm mixing things up. <laughs> um, today we're talking about episodes 13 and 14, The Song Remains the Same, and uh, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, content warnings for these episodes will include... Content warnings for this episode include death of family, forced amnesia, torture, brainwashing, suicidal ideation, cannibalism, suicide, gruesome death, disordered eating, forced consent and affection. I don't really know how to succinctly warn for that. Alcoholism, unconsenting hugs, body horror, and discussions of ableism, ageism, and fat phobia. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or send an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. If you also want us to talk to to send us any questions or comments or anything in that regard, you can also use those vectors to do so. Or just tell us how much you love us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's also what reviews are for. That's true. That's true. That's that's my <laughs> that's my ending spiel, but I'm I'm serious about that. That gets that that gets that reviews are one of the biggest ways to, to, to did we get pushed? The algorithm. The alg the algorithm. I don't know how it works. Feed the algorithm. Apple Should Apple podcast reviews are good. That's all I know. Yeah, if you leave us a review and we we think you're funny, uh, we will read it. Yeah. And you get that sweet sweet or if we think you're really mean. That too, <laughs> and then we'll just mock air. you for the next. No, minutes. wait! Don't encourage people to write mean reviews. <laughs> if you okay, if leave you want very nice reviews that are very mean about us. If you want to say something <laughs> mean, it has to be a five star review. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's okay. let's let's, let's talk about uh, the song remains the same. So, we open on Dean in a strip club, but then Anna shows up, and it turns out he's dreaming. Uh, she tells Dean that Castiel turned her into turned her into uh, heaven prison, but she broke out and wants Dean's help. Uh, she wants to meet him at two two five Industrial, so uh, he's gonna go off alone. Uh, we cut to Anna by herself in this big warehouse, and then Castiel shows up, not Dean. He blows out all the lights. He doesn't trust Anna breaking out and thinks that Heaven let her escape, so he went before Dean got here. He asks what she's doing here, and she says she wants to help, but she has a knife. Cass has a knife, too. Uh-oh, she's here to kill Sam. Heaven sent her after all. Uh, honestly, it makes sense. The lads aren't doing a very good job finding another way to deal with Lucifer, and the season is half over. Castiel calls Sam his friend in this scene, which is cute. Uh, he threatens to kill Anna and scares her off, and then she appears on the hood of a car of a couple making out in what appears to be the past. Back at the motel, Cass talks to the boys about what happened and says they're gonna have to kill Anna and does some witchcraft to find her. Yep, she's in 1978. She's gone back in time to kill John and Mary, which feels like cheating. Cass can send the boys back, but it'll weaken him too, uh, and he does. Back they go, in the middle of the street, they find Cass with blood coming out of his mouth and nose, and Dean gets him to a place to stay while Sam figures out where their parents are shacked up. Um, Dean goes and says hi to Mary, like, ring, goes up and just rings the doorbell. She's not happy to see him, it's very awkward. 
Sam is having a very strong reaction to seeing his parents uh, and is incapable of playing it cool. Uh, also, we learn here that John thinks Mary's dad died of a heart attack, so that answers the question I had about how that scene ended the last time we saw them. Um, as they're having this awkward family reunion, his boss calls and tells him to come into work or else he's going to get fired. But uh-oh, it's not his boss, it's Anna. Sam and Dean warn Mary that angels are after her and she believes them after some work, but when they go to get John and tell him, he is gone. John, at his mechanic shop, finds his boss's eyes burnt out, and then Anna throws him through a shelving unit. Uh, she's not really on her game, though, because of the time travel, so he clubs her with what I think was a tire iron, but then he gets owned again. Dean shows up with Cass's angel-killing knife to try to save him, but also gets owned. Mary's up next. She gets the knife. They fight. Mary impales her with a crowbar, and then it turns out Sam was making the angel banishment sigil this whole time, and off Anna goes. Uh, so this is when John learns monsters are real. They have an extremely awkward car conversation as they drive to the shitty old cabin safe house that Mary's parents uh, kept. The boys get out all their gear, um, and John volunteers to draw the angel banishment sigil. So Dean teaches him, which is a fun switcheroo, I guess. Uh, Sam talks to John about being raised to be a hunter. And John, with a lot of dramatic irony, is upset about this. Well, we'll talk about this scene. Um... Cut to Anna, and Uriel is here, because she's in the past, but he's not played by Robert Wisdom, so I sleep. She tells Uriel <laughs> he's going to die, which has got to mess with some stuff in the future in some way, but shrug. Uh, she's going to send him after the Winchesters to get revenge ahead of time. Uh, Mary asks Dean why an angel wants to kill her. He has a hard time convincing her, so he breaks time even more and tells her that he's his he hmm, that he's her son. Uh, he tells her a bunch of stuff to convince her. She's very upset that her kids are hunters, and he tells her that she's dead. Sam then shows up to try to convince her to leave John. The boys just want to erase their future. Oof. Uh, but it's too late. Mary's already pregnant. John then shows up to warn them that the blood sigils are gone. So is the holy oil. Uh, and then here comes the buzzing as the windows blow out and Uriel shows up. Then Anna. A fight ensues. Does not go well. Everyone gets their asses kicked. Uh, until Sam gets stabbed and John sees something glowy and then Michael is in him. Uh, he ends the fight by turning Anne to a crispy corpse. Uh, he banishes Uriel and Michael puts Mary to sleep. Uh, Dean and Michael talk. Michael has weird vibes. He explains that <sighs> he explains that Dean and Sam are descended from Cain and Abel, which is neat. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. We'll uh, anyway, Michael's <laughs> sad about having to kill Lucifer. We get some more parallels. We'll talk about it. Uh, you need me, boy. Free will's an illusion, etc. <laughs> Michael's going to erase John and Mary's memories and put everything back to normal, and he does that. Uh, in the denouement, the boys go check on Cass and see he's live, and uh, they are now officially Team Free Will. Uh, we end on John and Mary. Mary is very pregnant, and there's a super ironic little angel statue she bought to watch over baby Dean. End of episode. Whew. Well, this sure was an episode. It sure was an episode. There's so much going on in this episode. Uh-huh. This episode and next episode is like formative John Mary lore. Mm -hmm. So Uriel knew the whole time what was going to happen to him? I think Michael might have wiped him too. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'll choose also, to believe that because like, that's the only way it makes sense. Yeah, it seems like angels do exist in linear time in the sense that you're, this Uriel... First of all, is alive, and second of all, doesn't know them yet. Yeah. But then, how? Whatever. You can't think about it too. It much doesn't make any sense. Time travel is a dangerous game to play. It's like trying to 
think about how time lords see time, you're like, I yeah. don't, I don't have enough brain stems to figure out how that works. <laughs> well, and also like humans, humans in general don't, which is why like it's a dangerous thing to write about. Because mm -hmm. it's fucking confusing, bro. Writing a chronological entities is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, so it makes sense that angels are chronological, even though they can mess with time. I. It feels like this feels like a thing that angels are doing solely because God isn't around to be like, hey, don't mess with that. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Don't touch that, kids. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. I can't dial. believe it. You guys are dicking around with the space time continuum again. <sighs> uh huh. We just got that replaced. You would think God has like a, a dad sense of the space time continuum like dads have a, a thermostat sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Deadbeat dad. Um. But in general, though, like I like I've said before, I I have tended to enjoy it whenever this show messes around with time, and I continue to to enjoy it. This is a fun episode, even if it necessarily had to end with things being reset. Mm -hmm. Um, should we go chronologically? Yep. All right. My first note is Anna Hart. Oh right. Speaking of so which, sure. Anna. Speaking of. Oh my god! Of... Wait, me too. My note is also Anna Hart. <laughs> Anna, what have they done to you? What have yeah. they done? Hmm. Anna was our f cool rebel who yeah. was, like, on our side. And then just, like, oh, she's a villain now, I guess. I didn't like that. That's the one part of this episode that I truly did not like. Yeah, it's not as, like, cool and fun as Cass getting uh, re-educated, but... No. And also because she's not she's not Cass and is not one of the three boys, I guess. You will never uh, be Cass. But she's a, because she, she's Because a she's a woman... She just dies instead of it being a cool, complicated thing. We're just like, oh, our ally is now our enemy. But also, could could she become our ally again? No, she's going to get absolutely, like, PlayStation 3 CGI effect burned to a crisp <laughs> by Michael. Yeah. Rip to Anna, but that was kind of sick. It was kind of sick, but the, but the like, her, like, crispy body looked really bad. The fire looked cool. All right, now let's now now we can talk about this chronologically. Yeah, it was nice to see Anna. Too bad for the fact that you know. Mm -hmm. It's the last time we ever will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's okay. Characters that's why we'll watch six the episodes and change everything. Aaron Dean had like a whole thing. It's like she just turns on a dime. There wasn't even like anything really between them. Like they didn't even talk about that. Like. Ugh. Yeah, it was it was weird. Supernatural, aka the show of wasted potential. Yeah. Yep. Anything good Supernatural does is always on accident. I will say this Cass Anna scene was good in terms of like it was like fun and tense, and I like the way it was like, oh, the knives are out. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Also, I love how she's gonna stab Sam as if she can't just like cook his insides with her hands. Yeah. <laughs> like she had to, like. Cass was like, what are you doing with that knife? Like, girl, what are you doing with a knife? You could be so yeah. much sneakier if you just used your fucking magic angel powers. I Actually, I guess, should we talk about Dean's dream first? Yeah, yeah let's talk about Dean's dream. Let's talk about Dean's dream where two scantily clad women, one is a demon and one is an angel. Yeah. As in, like, that's their costumes, are dancing towards him. And then Anna, the way Anna shows up, like, right in the middle of it is so she's funny. She's just fucking standing there. She's, she's just standing little, there, like, like... woman standing emoji. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's yep. looking at him like, really, Dean? This is what you dream about? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Like, damn, this Not is what I stuck like, my dick in? Not to be, like, um, foreshadowing, but... Oh, my God. 
Shut the fuck your mouth. <laughs> so I love not true, knowing though. things. So true, though. Also, Cherry Pie by ACDC. Oh, yes. Yes, that is the song that they are dancing That's to. That's why it was stuck in my head. Thank you. It's been stuck in my head for like three days straight now. Wait, wait. Hold on. Wait a second. It's Warrant, not ACDC. Sorry, I don't know dad, dad bands. <laughs> Maybe ACDC yeah, covered it, but it's, a, down here? but it's a Warrant song. Listen, I like, gla I like glam rock. Glam rock is fun. You're dad coded. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Actually, you like wine too much to be dad coded. All right. <laughs> Can we talk about the episode? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. To I was trying to think if I have. I was trying to think if I have anything for. Uh, um, yeah, so, so Anna goes, this is what you dream. Before he realizes he's dreaming, right? Anna shows up on yeah. stage. And he's like, I was working on a case. And she's always, this is what you dream about. Um, he's just, like, that's, he's not even, like, trying to cover that. What were you researching here, dude? <laughs> working a case. Clearly. He's working something. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I guess it's significant that she's like, yeah, Cass turned me in. Like, he was mm -hmm. always a good little soldier. Um, um, she says that hell, he's been to hell and so she's saying that heaven upstairs is a prison. All the torture, twice the torture, twice the self righteousness. Self -righteousness. Which is a really that's good line. yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. They tortured her. I mean, she could be lying, I guess, but mm. well, it's heavily implied that's what happened to Cass too. Mm. Yeah, remember when Cass showed up and he was like, "I serve right. heaven, I don't serve." I mean, you. brain brainwashing is, I suppose, a form of torture. Yeah, I assume well, it. That thought. <laughs> Great. Oh. oh my god, we're gonna have to hold it for like a year. Yeah, that's the show. <sighs> okay. Um... The show is too long. Okay. I'm declaring a ban does... on late seasons. They should not exist. How does Cass that's know fun. that this conversation happened? What, the dream conversation? Yeah, was Cass also watching Dean's dreams? Probably. Well, no, Dean is like, oh yeah, we should go meet Anna there. And Cass is like, no, I'm going to mm, go by okay. myself. I like to Cass think... says, I wouldn't let them come. Right. I would Which like is also interesting, that. this idea that, like, he exerted authority over them. Also, um, when Cass shows up, the, like, light bulbs explode, yeah. and it does, like, this really yeah. good wing yeah, effect behind that. Anna. Mwah. Yeah, it's really Mwah. cool. This little, this little back and forth is fun. Um, mm -hmm. She's, like... He's experienced Heaven's Persuasion. Yeah. Ugh. And for longtime fans of the show who have already seen later seasons, this is... We know exactly what this is talking about, and it mm. slaps. <laughs> um, but yeah she says you mean when you gave me to them he says that was a mistake whatever they sent you here to do she says they didn't send me I escaped he says no one escaped she says all these centuries and you're underestimating me now it's so good like the certainty on both of their parts yeah and then it's like Cassiel's like you want to help yes what are you doing with that knife tasty I'm allowed to defend oh myself my God, guys, against that's whom his sister yeah, mm -hmm. that blade doesn't work against angels. It's not like this one, and then he's got his own knife. <laughs> he just has his own knife. Yeah, it was a dumb segue line. I see you've played knifey spoony before. <laughs> and she goes, Sam Winchester has to die. Type yeah. card. Which, if it weren't Sam, like, the characters themselves would be totally fine with doing that, you know? Yeah, like, if but... it was just one person who wasn't a child, and it was yeah. like, well, if we kill this one person, Satan can't walk the earth. 
Yeah. They'd be like, well, sorry, random person. But no, it's Sam who has super it's special Sam. protagonist disease. Well, he's Castiel's friend. Yeah, yeah Cass I'm not saying, like, Cass specifically. I love that Cass is like, no, he's my friend. I'm not going to let yeah. you do that. He literally says, Sam is my friend. I'm going to yeah. cry. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, on this part of the show, it's just, like. Yeah, for sure, for sure. bad for them to be hypocritical, but they are hypocritical. Like, it's not bad writing. It's just a thing. I mean, I guess they were they they did the same thing with um uh what's his name Jesse right Jesse the well, the, the go right I right okay I so if he had been child. an adult I understand yeah and like I said Anna has a point in terms of like nothing else <laughs> nothing else is working they're kind of just stalling yep they've yeah, kind of just been like, going well, around doing cases no forever that yeah. will solve all of our problems. They're just going, la, 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 I can't hear you, to the inevitability of the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, this is where Cassie This has worked so far for my emotional problems. Let's try Um, it on the devil. Surely. Anna says, you've changed, and Cass says, maybe too late, but I have. He has. He's changed. Uh, Oh, my God. Sam is his friend. Sam is his friend. Also, uh, Anna's plan is not just to kill Sam because, as Cass says, Lucifer would just bring him back to life. Anna says, not after I yeah. scatter his cells across the universe. Yeah. I'll never find Sam. Not all of him. Holy shit, girl. Yeah. Queen. That's pretty, it's Cosmic pretty cool. Horror. Fuck him up. Scavenger hunt. <laughs> 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 like if, like if she, she like kicked Sam, who is an expensive vase, off the counter and just like kicked pieces of him off under the fridge. <laughs> The fridge in she this was case running through the is... room and stepped on a jigsaw puzzle, and now Sam is under the couch. So yeah, Anna runs back in time. Uh, mm-hmm. This is smart. Uh, like I said, this feels like cheating. Yeah. Also, I, uh, I would like to protest your uh, thoughts about this couple in your synopsis. I don't think they're just making out. I also think they're smoking weed. <laughs> oh, are they? I th- I'm pretty sure I saw a puff of smoke. That way you know it's the 70s. They're smoking. Right, they're... I think they're... I don't think it's weed. I think they're just smoking, like inside a car. I'm, I'm, I'm investigating this. The syn- the not the synopsis. The transcript says smoking. It doesn't say what they're smoking. Yeah, that's. I don't trust the transcript. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> use my own eyes. But when uh, she falls down onto their the hood of their car, their hood has like a wing decal, so she's yeah, it's like a, splatted perfectly. Yeah, right. yeah, it's it. cool. It. It's, it's cool. It's one of my favorite shots, and I can never find it. Be the change you wish. Yeah, it's Netflix only tells me how much time is left in the episode. It's roughly 34 minutes from the end. Oh, it's like barely. I'm pretty sure that's a blunt. It's like barely in oh. frame. Oh but God. the way the way the smoke is like filling up the car, I'm pretty sure they're hotboxing their car. <laughs> <laughs> that way, you know, it's the 70s. Because yeah. Only people only smoked weed in the 70s. Yeah. The, the, the guy who runs the motel where they put uh, Cass asked Dean if he wanted to buy some dope. Yeah. Also. Like, did not give a shit that he was buying a honeymoon suite for Cass. Yeah. Love so true. guys. Diversity yeah. win. Um. Yeah, speaking of which, Cass is real messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, like, coughs up some... He's like, I'm better than I thought I would be. Coughs up blood. Love my little guy who is dying of tuberculosis. So true. Yeah. Oh, wait, I guess we have the scene before this. Was there anything in this scene that... Oh, is that the one where Cass says, I don't understand that reference? Yes, yeah. Yeah, my note oh, for that yeah. is that he's so annoyed, and also that's a a, an iconic cl- cast. Yeah. Cast moment. He's so he's annoyed. He's just such a cutie. I love him so much. I want to kiss him. 
Also, they do the classic not where, when line. Yeah. I love it when they do that. It's real, like, the fact that he's like, so we kill her first. And the boys don't even, there's like no protesting at all. They're just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. Listen, if an angel were coming to kill you. I know. It's just really perfunctory for like a character who yeah. has been an ally up until now. Like, they could have at least talked about it a bit more than they did. Yeah. First instance of Dean's curse deck. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, right. Dean goes, Dean makes a Back to the Future reference. And yep. yes, it's like, I don't understand that reference. He's so you know fed what? up. He's, he's so fed up and he has every right to be. Dean doesn't make any sense ever, and he just does not know how to talk like a person. And Cass is trying oh. so hard all the time to understand his stupid little metaphors, and he's just like, you know what? I had it. I'm gonna kill you. Uh huh. <laughs> um, my favorite little bit here also is um, Cass is going to like touch their foreheads, and because Sam is so tall, Dean goes bend your knees so he can bend down a little, so Cass can touch his oh, forehead that's more really easily. Cute. I thought it was just like brace yourself type of thing. Like, yeah, I, I thought that was. Because yeah. when when he says it, Sam like leans like Sam like lowers himself down just a little bit. Well, That's true. That is very cute. I like that read. Valid. He's like, dude, be nice to Cass. Don't yeah, don't He's make Cass reach guy. up to see your giant fucking forehead, bro. <laughs> I can't believe Cass put them in the middle in the middle of traffic. I know like time time and space travel is hard, but. And then he had his ass over on the sidewalk, yeah. leaned up against Listen, a car. He was over on the bench. <laughs> he was over on the bench. Love that for him. He's lucky they didn't. They're lucky he didn't drop them in like the, off the roof. Like he had such good aim. They only yeah. got hit by two cars, and they didn't even die. They didn't. Did you die though? They literally didn't even die. They're just bitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make like three seventies jokes in a row. So we yeah. mentioned the dope line. There's something about the mustaches. Mustache. Yeah, I was gonna bring up that guy. They don't spend Shut a lot of time like guy. out in public, but I do like like the few extras they got to they made look super seventies. It's fun. Oh, also, I was trying to decipher my notes. The other seventies or not seventies reference, but the fact that they're in the past references that Dean is like, we should buy some stock in Microsoft. Yep. People generally say Apple stock, not Microsoft stock. So I found that mildly interesting. Did Microsoft pay this for this? This is twenty ten. So yeah, the i the the iPhone just came out. Apple's app like Microsoft is like well established. Mm-hmm. Right, but so is Apple. Apple's a superstar right now. I guess they did do stuff before they did phones. I forgot about iPods. Y yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm a teenager who just woke up. You know up. what? Dean doesn't. Apple know computers were so slash are huge. Yeah, Dean doesn't know. Dean's not a tech guy. I mean, either way, they'd be fine. Yeah. Dean gets all of his when references from TV, so all of the things he understands are dated. In terms of like, what's the, you know, what he quips to say about buying stock? Right, but that's what I mean. The thing that characters in movies say is Apple stock. Was it then though? I feel like we're yeah, because Apple because into this line. <laughs> App Apple is is the in this point in time, Apple is the reigning king. They do it in Good Omens. Per and that's like true. also like before that, like App Apple like Microsoft is my is Microsoft also obviously, but. There was like a period of time where uh, Steve Jobs yeah. was like the the like reigning king of the tech world. Like that's true. He was up and coming, and like Microsoft was just kind of like it was well established, but it wasn't sexy. Yeah. For for more uh, hot stock takes, uh, <laughs> go listen to our uh, word of okay. word of stock podcast. <laughs> Shut up. Podcast. It's about soup. Um. <laughs> it's about soup. <laughs> 
anyway, um, we uh, we see John and Mary's cute little house. Yeah. Remember when houses looked like this? Yeah. Remember when a, a new <laughs> remember when houses were attainable? He's like, yeah. no, please, I can't lose my job. Girl, you have a house. Well, someone's got to pay the mortgage. Yeah, I mean, they're probably yeah, paying the I'm mortgage. I'm not saying like he doesn't have reason to be worried about losing his job, but he's like, yeah, I'm scraping extra shifts, and he still has a house. Yeah. Yeah. The 70s. God, remember when you could have a house uh, as a married couple with only one income as a fucking mechanic? No. Yeah. Um, we skipped over. Like Dean called Cat. He said Cass is tough for a little nerdy dude with wings. Oh my he god. He does call Dean, him that. That is an angel. That is yeah. an angel. <laughs> and is he? Wait, is he? I I don't know if I'd call Cass nerdy. I wouldn't either. I think it's just because he's dressed like an accountant. I guess. Like. Cass is the exact opposite of nerdy. He doesn't understand the references Dean makes. Yeah. Dean is a nerd. Dean's the nerd. We've yeah, Dean nerd truthers. That's us. So true. <laughs> Listen, just wait until we get to season eight. Also, I, I thought it was cute season... that Dean's like, we can't even use Terminator as a way to explain the situation because those movies aren't out yet. Yeah, yeah it's really. Good. I was like, I understood that reference. Yeah, I didn't understand the Glenn Close reference, but I got that one. Mm-hmm. Like, I have seen Terminator. I've seen... And Terminator 2 and Terminator Dark Fate. I've seen whatever Terminator movie we watched on your server. Um, I also didn't get I the one close reference. I know she's an actress, but I didn't know there, I didn't know she was quote-unquote crazy or whatever. Sure. Maybe there's like a famous character she played that was like that. I don't know. My next note is you guys are so stupid, but I don't know exactly what that's specifically for. I think it's when they're talking to, to Mary and John. They are pretty stupid there. It's, yeah, I mean, that's what I meant about, like, Sam is un completely unable to keep his cool. Yeah. This whole scene but is Sam, very the awkward. the first time he's ever seen his mom in his life. I know. Besides when she was a ghost about No, I get it. Fire. Yeah. He's, like, on the verge of tears. Yeah. Yeah. Sam's like, you're so, be you're so beautiful. <laughs> he's such a weirdo. And Dean immediately was like, in a wholesome family way that isn't weird at all. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, Sam, you said that you were her cousin. Please. You're sitting next to her husband, who is your dad. Yeah. I really like 70s John and Mary. I'd go bowling with them. Absolutely. Yeah, they're a really sweet couple. If only we didn't know things about next episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about the prequel again. I'm going to skin somebody. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, that somebody is probably going to be Jensen Ackles. He's literally like, oh, we never knew what happens. I'm like, you, did you watch the show? Literally, you memorized these lines, King. Come on. <laughs> I know it was like 10 years ago, but please. Open AOC anyway. and get on board with the rest of us. Oh my God, actually do not do that. <laughs> um, Dean, Dean manages to cover okay and says, well, Mary's the spitting image of our mom. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretending to be family. They're pretending to like be cousins. Like, distant cousins, but it's still, like... But they're also, not... like... Sorry. Yeah, they're, like, she looks exactly like our mom. And that, uh, uh, Deanna and, um, Samuel, Samuel were, yeah, were, like, grand grandparents to them. Yeah, it's... Which is hilarious, because they're, like, John and Mary's age. So you can just say, like, parents. Like, I know they're being cheeky, but, like, yeah, it doesn't it's, make any it's... sense. <laughs> It's really cheeky writing. Yeah, I forgot to say. Uh, I forgot to say this episode was written by Sarah Gamble and Nancy Weiner and directed by Steve Boyum. Mm -hmm. 
would explain why it's got that good good dean content and mary's glaring yes. at them this entire scene yeah she's like the she's fuck very she's unhappy like, shut that the they're fuck here. up and well, walk and also, away uh, john's like john's reaction is really cute too though because he's like oh i don't get to meet like mary's side of the family very often like it's cool that you're here hi yeah like does not at all mind that these two weirdos have shown up on his doorstep at like eight o'clock at night or whatever yeah. he's he's such a he's such a good old boy he's such a nice dude um and then uh he gets a phone call from his boss saying oh i'm gonna have to let you go and he's like no no <laughs> and then we see that uh it's anna impersonating this guy yep which is and cool. she has him come also very trans of her you're very transgender uh she tells john to come down to the the garage is that what they call them yeah. The place where mechanics That's work? where mechanics were. The mechanics need garages because that's where you put cars. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, my first thought was call it a workshop, <laughs> but then I was like, nah, that's <laughs> I'm hugging you guys. <laughs> Save your hugs for a week from now. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh... So John leaves without yeah. before so much before as a, that. Before that, this is where the like an angel wants to kill you, and she's like, "What? Angels don't exist." Yeah. Uh, Dean's like, "They're twice as strong as demons and bigger dicks." Why would an angel want to kill us? He's literally, well, why was he like, "Oh, it's a long dicks. story"? Because they're because. Sorry, cause they... I know what he meant. It's just funny. Mm -hmm. Everything is. It's funny. not. It doesn't actually mean anything. It's when... just funny. No. When he says words, I just love it when he says. I want to put him in a microwave. <laughs> The microwave. The microwave. Microwave. <laughs> um, I mean that's gonna happen to John. Yeehaw. Uh, this fight scene happens. John gets owned. Like, like he gets flung so far. Yeah. Um, Kick his ass, girl. He gets owned even harder later. We'll talk about that. But it's also it's... go on. Sorry. She she burns out the mechanic guy's eyes. Girl, you could have just put him to sleep. Yeah. But it's a cool visual. She's I don't know. She's been She's fully jokerified. And also, she didn't have to fling John around. She could have just burned his eyes out. Yep. But yeah. it, there's just inefficiencies She's all up being in a here. Drama yeah. queen. She's like, my very Eyes efficient and practical right. plan will be carried out in the most inefficient way possible because it's cool. There's like a fun AU here because she doesn't know that Mary is pregnant. Like, if she killed John in this scene then only Dean would be, but, like, Dean would still be born, but Sam wouldn't be, and then we'd have mm -hmm. solo Dean AU. It would be interesting, for sure. I wonder if they would then take... No, never mind, I can't say what I was about to say on the next episode. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is this is extremely genre fiction fight scene. Like, mm -hmm. we need tension in the scene, even though the uh, powers we have established for this character means there should not be any tension at all. Except, oh, hmm... Hmm. Her powers are weakened. That's true. But but she still she she, she burned out with his boss's eyes. <sighs> yeah, I was gonna say she even that doesn't make sense because she could have like knocked that guy out the normal way and saved her powers to deal with uh mm -hmm. to to deal with John. So even that still doesn't make sense. Also, it's seven thirty at night. King, go home. <laughs> um, speaking of people getting owned, Dean just gets like thrown through a window. Yeah, he like lands uh, on his back. His yeah. little tummy shows. They love My that stunt for this scene in the show. Just in all caps, violence, two hearts. Yeah, if they want to make like violence feel real, what they do is they throw stunt actors through stuff. Keep that in your. Are you thinking of season um, six? Yes. <laughs> I like Mary and Anna's little deal. Uh, Mary yeah. like, is showing off her hunter know-how. She knows how to use Girls this knife. They it was a cool fight. So true. Um, Anna does the teleports behind you. Nothing personnel, kid. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Mary does the stabs you in the heart thing just like Dean Cass. Mm. So true. The blueprint, Anna Milton. She, she literally did it all first. <laughs> Chronologically. <laughs> Emma is a uh, Mary Anna truther, in case I it wasn't obvious. Am. It's fair. I think when um, the prequel does not deliver, I am allowed to commit crimes. This uh, this crowbar of like stunt slash effect is cool. Where like it goes in deep, and we get this like oh, long man. shot of Anna like pulling it out and being like, "That's not enough to kill me." It's, it's cool. Really yeah. It's I like you would have won, it. but she's I'm like, an "You should have gone for the head." <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe I just made a Marvel reference. Somebody take me out. <laughs> sniping, sniping you as we speak. Yeah, it's pretty simple because like it's just like inside of her jet, her the actress's jacket, but like. They sell it. It looks cool. She like it pulls it out cool. in a way that makes it feel like she's pulling it out of her body. She like spits up some blood, but she's completely fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, she's like, while she's you know chasing after Mary, she's walking extremely calmly. She's doing a pursuit predator attack. It's so yeah, cool. yeah. Also, she apologizes. She's like, sorry about this. Yep. Mm -hmm. I will. She doesn't. Want, she doesn't want to like hurt people. She also just doesn't want the world to end. I get that. Mm -hmm. She was completely right. Um, then she gets banished, and we get this, like, monsters are real, awkward <laughs> drive. Um, John's like, I'll turn this car around. Yeah, it was good. Like, Everyone shut up. They've had their whole family in the car. They yeah. That family road trip vibes. It was cute. Yeah. In, like, a way that makes me insane. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, it's interesting. So, John, this is where John's known, John knows about monsters for, like, a long time, then. No, because Which, Michael wipes his Michael memory. Wipes him at the end of oh, the right, right. Crap. I forgot about that. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, all of this is pointless, right? There's nothing worth talking about here. None of this matters. <laughs> I forgot about the show we're watching. Um, I like this shitty little cabin that the Winchesters kept. Or not the Winchesters. The so, Sorry. What the are Campbells. Mary's? Campbells, thank you. Um, I guess the next thing is this, like, uh, John Dean scene. Yeah. I, I like this because it's, like, we get a little bit of a peek at, like, the John we know in this guy. Yeah, his, like, stubbornness. Yeah, and just, like... His pure utilitarianism also. Yeah. He's, like, I don't know what any of this means, but I know how to do it. Yeah, and it's, like, it's a positive quality here. Like, this is, this is... He wants to help and, like, can be helpful. Yeah. Like, he's able like, to... Go on. Yeah, definitely, like, the helpfulness, the, like drive is there but also like dean starts to explain like what a sigil means and john goes i don't care what it means where does it go yeah so it's like very much the guy we know even though he's such a different mm -hmm. version of that guy yeah it's cool that's where he's like you really remind me yeah and this is the scene where he's like you remind me of my dad Be just because of this like yeah this is where we see uh, like everything you just said and like dean sees it too mm -hmm. which is neat and then uh this dramatic irony scene <laughs> Sam says, my dad raised me to be a hunter. And John's like, who the hell does that to uh, a kid? Uh, yes. Uh, John says, how long have you known about this hunting stuff? And Sam says, pretty much forever. Which is, like, not factually true. Because when he was around eight, he, he didn't He was, like, know, seven or eight, yeah. But, uh, like, emotionally true. He's known about it longer than And even when he, he didn't, hasn't. like, know what John was doing, he knew, like, something was up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the sort of knowledge that also oh, like recolors the past. Six months old. Yeah. Yep. In response to who the hell does that to a kid, Sam says, "For the record, Mary's parents did," which is very well actually. In a way, it's kind of funny. Uh, John says, you "I don't think, care." Yeah. You think John wouldn't be pissed off at Mary's parents? Yeah. Mary's Mary's pissed off at Mary's parents. 
This is what kind of irresponsible bastard <laughs> lets a child anywhere near you could have been killed it's since like a game kind of close. Yep, yep. It's great. It's great. It's so good. I want to The number it must have done on your head. Your father was supposed to protect you. And Sam does his little apologism thing, and he's like, yeah, he was yeah. trying. He died trying. I used to be mad at him. I used to hate the guy, but now I get it. He was just doing the best he could. <laughs> well, it's so, like, so what he says is he was, he was trying to keep it together in this impossible situation. Um, my mom got killed. I think he would have gone crazy if he didn't do anything. Truth is, my dad died before I got to tell him that I understand why he did what he did. And I forgive him for what he did to us, and I just, I love him. So I'm glad and, Sam got closure. I don't agree with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's complicated. All like yeah, family trauma is extremely complicated, and yes. I'm not gonna judge anybody for their own specific ways of dealing with this stuff. Like it is always complicated when you have a parent who you love, but also like did messed up stuff to you. Uh, mm -hmm. And like I, I have no strong opinions on like what the right response to that should be. Uh, yeah. I, like, I think it's fair to disagree with Sam. I also think, like, this... I also think it's fine that Sam is being written this way, particularly yeah. as, in, like, in this scene where he is seeing his dad and, like, who his dad was and, like, the good qualities of his dad, like, before everything yeah. goes wrong. Like, yeah. how are you I supposed to look it's... at this little baby John who is so nice and friendly and be like, yeah, I hate him. I mean, yeah. I can, but no. rip to Sam because I'm stronger than him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I think it's good that he's written this way because I think it's very true to life. Um, it doesn't make me hate John Winchester any less. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So John's in not that my way, dad. it's actually very good. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have John's to not my dad. Just, the scene actually implies that, like, John did know full well that what he was doing was fucked up. Yeah. And he did it anyway. Yep. Or at least that at this point he didn't have the... the what happened to Mary changed the way he saw... Yeah. And that and it well, was like a necessary sacrifice, yeah. quote unquote. Either way, he did know that like inherently that this was not something he should put yeah, on his Like children. at this point he's capable of knowing that what he will do is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um also very much in this... the gender roles. He's like your father was supposed to protect you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a boomer. Um in this and then we see Uriel, which I know what they're trying to do, but they could have I mean, okay, I guess the idea is that Uriel is in a different vessel, but it feels too much to me like they are trying to... I don't know exactly how to explain it, but, like, I wish that they'd made either him have his original vessel or, like, a vessel that was, like... I don't know, it just feels like they're trying to age him down in a way that I found weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It is kind of funny. Yeah, they've gone to the past, so, <laughs> so Uriel has a younger vessel. I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. I, I, I assume Robert Wisdom was busy. I wish they'd been Probably. able to bring him back. I love him so much. I think it fits, like, visually aging him down um, as, like, shorthand. Because if he was older, it would feel weird. Like, it could have been good that it felt weird, Doctor like, Who. because it's nonlinear. Like, yeah. Angel bodies, which would be very cool. But, like, I think it makes sense it makes like, sense more intuitively for him to look younger no yeah i it makes sense i just the vessels don't age so it just feels like obviously uriel is younger in the linear linear time sense so like i get what they're going for but it just feels weird you didn't yeah. have to do that like at least not for me like i get it it's yeah. you know <laughs> 30 years in the past uriel is 30 human years younger you don't have to give him a younger vessel because that's not how vessels work 
It may also have just been like they couldn't get Robert Wisdom and this is the actor who auditioned for the role that they got. Like No, that's fair and valid, yeah. I I, I can't I I have no idea what the like decisions behind this were. If they yeah. could have if, if this was intentional and they could have gotten Robert Wisdom back and they didn't, then I'm going to be angry, but <laughs> That's just cuz you not. love him. He's great. He's so good. I miss him. He, he was so good. good as Uriel. Yeah, on that note, um this Uriel Vessel is also a black man. Um, yeah. which I I don't disagree with. I think if they had cast somebody who wasn't black, it would be like weird. Yeah. If they yeah. like suddenly cast recast Uriel as a white guy, it would be very odd. Um it's just like interesting the way that this then implies things yeah, in this... the universe about like yeah. angels having specific preferences for their vessels. It's it's sort of weird either way if you think about it, like Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it it's the same kind of thing as like the doctor constantly regenerating into white people. Yeah. Yeah. Though not anymore. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we we see the same thing happen with minor minor spoilers with Raphael. Mm-hmm. Um, the next vessel we see him in is a black woman. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I think the the worst faith reading is that like it's about the the bloodlines thing and this like idea of like oh if they're of similar bloodlines mm. they will be of similar skin color. But I don't think I don't think they were thinking that hard about it. I think they were just like they were using it as shorthand so that they would be more recognizable of like I mean, there is there is an interesting thought here about this vessel potentially being the future vessel's dad. That's true. Yeah. I think I think like if I wanted to do the whole Watsonian, um, that would be my explanation for it. Um That's so cute. It's a whole family reunion thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah does i think anna anna says that these people are gonna kill you did she not kill him herself i can't remember uh, uh no, yeah, wait, no she did wait. kill him yeah because she said maybe maybe not but there's still yeah me. yeah yeah uh-huh. <laughs> uh, i love a lying woman yeah <laughs> literally like she's she's done it all she, yep. she's like done these people all. are gonna kill you meanwhile she just, like has his blood on her <laughs> gaslight cake keep girl bust so true <laughs> Oh, it's so I don't know. Like uh, Anna was so cool and was a, was an ally, and it, it, I'm mad about it. She falls much flatter as a villain now. Yeah, like I feel like they could have done it, but like they didn't put. There's in the no effort. build up toward it. It's one yeah. episode. Where, like, it's just she, she comes back and she's evil and now. She's, I guess she's evil. Yeah, and then she dies. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. sucks. It's it's wasted potential. I do, I do like that. Um, Uriel, Uriel is immediately like. Something's going on with you. You're from the future. What's going on here? And I love how he goes, you're not the Anna of now. And she says, no, but uh, in the future, I am still your still your boss. You don't listen to me. Yeah. And then this is where they're like, this is where Dean breaks the time-space continuum. Uh, Uriel says, like, we're under strict orders not to come down here, much less take a vessel. He says, standing here in the vessel. vessel, What were you doing at the Devil's Sacrament? So true. Well, I mean, you need a vessel to go to Earth, right? And so he Not needed technically, to. I think. No, he could have showed well, up with, like all wings and eyes. Probably I mean, at least to Anna. Him, we saw him visit Dean in like the gas station, blowing everything up, and he was just the voice. That's true. Yeah. Fair you enough. You have to take a vessel if you don't want to knock out the power. Maybe, maybe because she's weak right now. Her powers are weak. If he hadn't taken a vessel, he would have like blown her up. Kaboom. Also, because we are watching a television show and we need him to show yeah. up on the screen. 
we need to him to show up in a place that, in a way that we can see him. Yeah. Um, like I said, this is where they're like, hey, you're our mom. Uh, and she takes it very poorly. <laughs> and Dean, like, tells her his memories of her. Oh, my God. Yep. He has memories. <laughs> he would sing, hey, He's dude. He's been clinging to these memories and, like, repeating themsel them to himself. Yeah. She's very messed up over this. Episode three of this show, Dead in the Water. Uh, he was like, I think of my mom every day and I try to be brave because that's what she would want. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. <laughs> Mommy issues. And uh, she's like, I raised my kids to be hunters. How could I do that to you? And Dean's like, you didn't do it because you're dead. He doesn't say he it like that. He literally sticks his foot in his mouth so far. He's, he's yep. trying to comfort her because she's like, how could I do such a yeah. thing? And it's like, okay. No, didn't. It's okay. You didn't. Um, you're dead. You die. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You weren't there. Don't worry about it. Um, cause like he's trying to change the future. He's like, yeah. you gotta run. Last time he just told her November second, nineteen eighty three. Please don't go out of bed. This time he gives her all the details. And then Sam's like, how about just don't? How about we just don't exist? Have you considered divorce? Have you considered not making us? Just walk out. And Dean agrees with this immediately. He says there's a big difference between dying and never being born. Which I guess. In the abstract. In, yeah. He's like, okay, so you should get a divorce. And she's like, I can't. I'm pregnant. And none of them are like, well, you should get an abortion. Dean does not say abort me. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, it was the 70s. I'm not positive on the legality of the time. But, like, the whole thing is like, oh, I can't leave John because I'm going to be an unwed mother. Do you know, you know that uh, um, comic where it's all the, the babies and so, being like, oh, I wish everyone was aborted. That's Dean. Um, topical, I guess, uh, Roe v. Wade was 73. And this is, so it's new. And it's 78 right yeah, now. Yeah, this is recent. Mary, have you heard the good word? <laughs> <sighs> Sam says, you think you can have that normal life you want so bad, but you can't. I'm sorry. You it's can't. all going to go rotten. You're going to die and your children will be cursed. God damn it, Sam. Look. He's so Which... miserable. He's tried to have his normal life so bad and it always falls away from under him. Well, and he's agreeing with Anna in this scene, too, which is fascinating. Yeah. He just doesn't want his parents to be dead, but he also agrees that he shouldn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, I don't want to die, but I also don't want you to die. So have you considered using protection? <laughs> in a... I, I might edit this out because this is really dark, but when it comes to, like suicidal ideation this makes a lot of sense to me as far as mm -hmm. like it's easier to it a lot of people who are depressed are like well i don't want to kill myself like that's scary but if i died if something killed me that wouldn't mm -hmm. be as bad because i wouldn't it's have any control over that ideation. yeah and it's, uh, i want to die but i don't i don't want to do it yeah, myself. i want to but cease if I got to hit exist by a meteor yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, and in this specific instance, it's not even death. He just literally would never have been born. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, death in a way, but yeah. it's, 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 it's more palatable. Existence. He wouldn't even have to go to hell. Exactly. Like, I think it, I think it does stem from the, the suicidal ideation, um, yeah, exactly. but the way he's justifying it in his mind is, like... He, he doesn't even, like, acknowledge, that, or at least not out loud, that this is, in fact, suicidal ideation. Yeah. Can't commit suicide if you were never, if you never existed to begin yep. with. Bootstrap paradox suicide. 
Well, if you think about it on a broader way, like this is this is way worse than that because this is killing literally everybody in the next. If you if you think about if changing the future erases that future, then no one exists. Like nothing, nothing exists that the boys have interacted with. All those characters are gone or changed or whatever. Yeah, we talk about this every time they do some time travel. Yeah. But listen, it doesn't help if you save like 20 people throughout like a year, 20 people a year or whatever. I made up a number. If, you know, I, when you turn 27, the whole world is going to explode or whatever. Nope. Yeah. Um, and we talked about in uh, the Jin episode of like all of the people, even if the, the future in which Dean and Sam were never born um, didn't just blip out of existence, all the people they've saved, we see in, in yeah. that episode all those people they save die yeah um so it's yeah, interesting it's, it's like the weirdest trolley problem it is love time travel you are the conductor and if you pull the switch no you are the if conductor you... and you are also the people on the tracks yeah but not even that like if you pull the switch then you no longer exist to pull the switch to to, to derail uh-huh. from running over the people bootstrap suicide and anyway, this all becomes immaterial because yes. uh oh, the, the the angels have been here and they just erased the sigils. Which I this guess the sigils cool. I guess the point is that like they're they're they instant use, like they're not uh passive, they're active. And so you gotta activate it and then it works immediately, but it's just a burst of power rather than like a passive effect, because the passive effect versions are those like really complex like Enochian warding signs that we've seen before. Yeah. Um, Where, what was Crowley's Crowley's Yeah. You know, Crow what the yeah. fuck? Crowley's place Crowley's. had passive angel warding and this yeah. is just like the banishment sigil. This yep. is a, a, a sigil of just walk out. Yep. <laughs> this is this is a passive uh, sigil of Damn it! I can't make a joke. Never mind. I can't even like. Think so of I, a joke. I anyway, the point is that like it's neat. It's neat that you can like pre-prep it, but you have to activate it. And if it gets deleted before you can activate it, like it it it, it is immaterial. So yeah, they get snuck up on basically. Um, and uh, the glass explodes. Uriel shows up. Dean's like, "Who are you?" He's like, "I'm Uriel." Dean's like, "Oh come on," which is pretty good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, sorry, going back a little bit. Uh. They, when they first get to the house, they refer to Anna as it. Yeah. Um, they do. They do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They say. They're um, monster-fying Anna. stop it? How do we kill See, it? Uh, yeah. How do we kill it? Or slow it down, at least. Um, it, and then Dean says, if we put this up and she comes close. Yep. We beam her right off Dean's the still humanizing her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. bringing that up. I forgot about that. Yeah. Always interesting when they decide what is a monster. Mm-hmm. Live in real uh, time. This fight happens, uh, like I said, speaking of people getting owned, John gets like flung out the window and like lands <laughs> like in the grass outside in a way that's like, is he dead? But no, he's still breathing, but he's he look he's it's real bad. Mm-hmm. Once again, throwing throwing stunt actors out windows. Yep. Sam is dying if not dead. Yeah. Mm hmm He gets stabbed. He got, like impaled with a pipe or something. Mm. The song truly does remain the same. <laughs> and then Michael shows up. Can we talk about Michael? Michael yep. I'm dying to talk about Michael. I mean, oh, it's a piece of rebar that Anna say. rips out of the wall, which is pretty Not sad. rebar! It's a piece of rebar! It's a yep. piece of rebar! Yep. 
the song Rebar, the insidious killer. Remains the, the song same. remains the same. Hate it. I hate <sighs> it. Okay. Uh, so Michael shows up. Yeah, Michael shows up. And was like, sure let's talk about Michael. I don't have any words. I'm just like, yeah, he's here. We've been waiting for this character for like at least a season. Oh, that's true. This is the first time we see Michael. Yeah, this is his first appearance. His first line is goodbye, Uriel. So his first word is goodbye. That's pretty cool. As opposed to Cass. Oh, wait. No, Cass's first words are not hello. Anyway, it's his catchphrase. That's though. just his catchphrase. That's his first words when they get him back from the empty. Yeah, so, like I said, Michael has weird vibes. Mm-hmm. Elaborate. Weird in what way? Um, well, first of all, he gets, like, the horror stinger. Uh, when he says Anna, like, cuts to him is, like, the violin sound happens. <laughs> um, and there's just, like, creepy music associated with him. And then, yeah, he burns Anna to a crisp. And, like... I don't know. It seems like he's enjoying it. He's got like this little like almost smirk on his face. Murdered an angel, Mm -hmm. yeah, or executed. I guess. Like he claims that he was upset when he had to cast Lucifer down, but he doesn't care that he just burned Anna up. Mm -hmm. And then when she's like, "What are you?" He goes, "Shh," and he's got this again, like kind of creepy little smile on his face as he puts her to sleep. I don't know. I Michael freaks me out. I don't like him. Good. Oh. Also, in the transcript, uh, when he first comes in, the transcript says John's voice, deeper. Yeah, John, Literally, yeah. Literally, why is Michael's voice so deep? Yeah, Mike, Matt Cohen is doing a different voice. Uh, Wild. He's, he's like, physically very different as well. There's, like, he moves with, like, a, like a slow confidence. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good physicality acting. Yeah. Yeah. I do I do like the the way we get to see like Michael carries himself in a very yeah. like specific way um that will be interesting to contrast him to later vessels. Couple later vessels. Yeah. Uh so Cain and Abel, huh? It yeah. literally does not make any fucking sense. Okay, wait, hold on a second. Before I go off on that, uh Michael refers to Sam as Sammy, which is always it always gets me when bad guys say Sammy. That's not your name. Your darling not, little I mean, Sammy. Whatever. That's not your, your name to use. Um, he says that Dean is his true vessel, but not his only one, because it's a bloodline thing. Stretching back to Cain and Abel, it's in your blood, your father, your father's blood, your family's blood. <laughs> Which, you can't stretch back to Cain and Abel because Abel didn't have kids. There was a third son that you're just ignoring here, which is very funny. Um, mm-hmm. But... <laughs> that doesn't, it doesn't even fucking make sense. Also, it, everyone on Earth is descended from this one family if you are ascribing to yeah, creationism. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's a bloodline. You are so special. You are from Adam and Eve? That's where you're drawing this line? <laughs> you're not even going to be like, oh, yeah, you're from, like, Noah. No, you're going to be like, oh, these are our protagonists we who are Adam and Eve's kids. Back when there were, like, four people on the planet. <laughs> Yeah. These two people are the only ones who are descended from those four people. Oh, and I'm open to, like, them changing the creation myth around in that way to make it work more. Like, that, the logistics of that aren't really what annoys me about it. The thing that annoys me about it is our special boys have become even more special. It was always going to be this, like, literally from the beginning of humanity. Yeah, okay, that's fair as, like... A critique, but it doesn't even make sense to as something that should make them more special because it doesn't. It doesn't make them special. 
Everybody is, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's associated. It's associating with them with like the first murder, which is yeah, the like whole, like brother story. Oh my god, yeah. hold your fucking horses on that one. <laughs> <laughs> the things that this show has done, the crimes it has committed, I really genuinely can't talk about <sighs> it. Yeah, like I wouldn't mind if they rewrote the Cain and Abel story to make sense. The problem is they don't. Mm. No, they don't. They just they just rewrite it. it. No, no, they do rewrite it, but not in a way that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, cool, keep cool, this cool, in. Cool, They're cool, not rewriting cool, it to fix cool, it. Cool, They're cool, just cool, rewriting cool, it for cool, cool. weird agenda reasons that don't make any sense. Cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Oh my god. <laughs> Why am I watching this again? Free wills and illusion. You were always gonna do this. It was meant to be. <laughs> I guess this is because I'm descended from Adam and Eve. Yeah, Dean makes a six degrees of heaven bacon joke here, which is I thought it's was really funny. good. I love it. Yeah, um, and, and Dean Dean's says, like, "Get some therapy, it. pal. You got beef with your brother? Yeah. Well, get some therapy, pal. Hello. So you're one to talk, Dean. Dean literally, that's my note. You you're could one to not talk, be Dean. looking in a mirror more literally. He says, Fucking "Don't take Christ. it out on my planet," which I liked also. Yeah, it's cute. Mm -hmm. Also pretty Doctor Who. It's like, I don't want this. You don't want to kill Sam. I don't want to kill Lucifer. I practically raised him. More parallels. It's so obvious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I am going to kill him because it is right and I have to. And then he says, uh, why? Because God said so? You're yes. just going to do whatever yes, God says. I am says. a good son. Yeah. Yeah. Because he is a good son. And Dean says, that's a dead end street. Being a good son yeah. is a dead end street. Take yeah. it from someone who knows. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Also, meanwhile, at this point, they keep, like, cutting to Sam to show that he is still dying on the floor. Uh-huh. Um, so my notes just have a little, like, X out eyes emoji. <laughs> um, he's just fucking going bleh. There's also something bleh. interesting here, too, where he's like, Dean, you're so important. And then also is like, you think you know better than my father? One unimportant little man. What makes you, what makes you think you get to choose? Choose. Dean says, because I got to believe that I can choose what I do with my unimportant little life. And Michael says, mm -hmm. you're wrong. Think of a million <sighs> random acts of chance. Let John and Mary be born to meet, fall in love, to have the two of you. Think of the million random choices you make and yet how each and every one of them brings you closer to your destiny. Do you know why that is? Because it's not random. It's not chance. It's a plan that is playing itself out perfectly. Free will is an illusion, <laughs> Dean. That's why you're going to say yes. PS5 coded Michael. Yep. They're part of a story. You need Brian me, boy. <laughs> oh Leave god. the girl. Don't oh my god. Her. The jacking in the scene is also really good. Yeah. Yeah. Michael goes, you can't fight City Hall. Yeah. <laughs> Which again is interesting because like some other angels certainly don't have a problem with using metaphors. It's just Cass mm -hmm. who is super literal. Yeah. Cass is just autism. Mm-hmm. I also this is par for the course in a lot of modern stuff that deals with this, but I, I just always love it when they refer to heaven and hell as, like, manifestations of state. Yeah. Yeah. It's tasty. Because it's I'm, I'm a little anarchist. <laughs> I'm curious if this is, like, I, I was looking to see, like, the, um, the, the history of this idiom. Because you don't hear it as, or I don't hear it as much uh, contemporaneously anyway. Um, and uh, Grammarist does say... It became popular in the twentieth century, et cetera, et cetera. So it may be, so it may be, uh, contemporary, which is fun because that may be a like John expression that Michael pulls from his head. Yeah, oh, a that's Johnism. Fun. 
um, dictionary.com says that it came about in the mid 1800s, but popularity wise, I'm yeah, inclined to believe you. Yeah, it's it's a it's an older expression, but it says it it became popular in the 20th century. Um. Anyway, free will is an illusion. That's it's yeah. Everything so gets reset. Michael zaps them back to the motel room yeah. and wipes their parents' minds, and uh, Dean starts drinking or whatever and Cass yep. shows up and he's like wobbly yeah he's just a little guy he's all he's swinged up guy. Dean says you son of a bitch you made it Castiel says I, I did I'm very surprised and like flat <laughs> flops backwards yeah he's just flops oh. uh, they're really starting to understand like how to use Misha Collins and like realizing how funny he is as like mm-hmm. like the deadpan straight man uh huh yeah it's really good they're finally starting to embrace Cass as a character. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think like the 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 um, genesis of that was the buddy cop episode. What was that episode three? Five three free to be you and me. Oh uh, yeah, team free will. One ex blood junkie, one dropout with six bucks to his name, and Mr. Comatose over there. Yeah, that's yeah. Them. I literally wrote team free will in all caps in my book. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't have the time for that. I just wrote TFW. But yeah, it's um, really good. This is this is just hitting the same beat we've seen a bunch of times before, so we don't need to like talk about it overly. But like, I'm very interested in seeing how this is going to pay off. Mm-hmm. And like, I know we got, I know we have like ten more seasons of this, but I know that season five was supposed to be the end, and we're going to get a resolution to this whole like Lucifer Michael thing in this season. So I'm expecting a payoff at the even if it's in the short term. <laughs> Yeehaw! Don't forget, you're here forever. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, guys, we're here forever. <laughs> it's only gonna be like five years. It's not gonna be that long. It's not gonna be five years. Well, don't say that. We have to finish this show. We have to watch Ghost Facers and the anime, and then we have to watch the Winchesters. Yes, but that's gonna that's <laughs> yeah. The Winchesters. Oh my god, it's gonna be new supernatural content, guys. Yep. Oh Christ. I won't know anything about it. Well, by the time it comes out. When's that show start? By the time we get to it. I don't know. Checking this up. Uh oh. Yeah? Uh, says it's supposed to start this year. Oh, Mr. Ackles, please. God, it'll be so weird to find a, to be a new time fan. Of, <laughs> Should we? Unquote. I think fan might be the wrong word for the Winchester. Yeah. Is it going to have spoilers in it? Should we watch it, like, contemporaneously? Or should we save it till, save. till we're done? I save it. I feel like we should uh, yeah, I think go through what we've got. We don't, we don't want to be topical. I feel like it will, it will be, like... At the very least, it will have some spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also, it will be yeah, it's it will be more Dean, beneficial so he's gonna for us to watch it with retrospect. All right. Because there are some things that happen in Supernatural that will color. Okay. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Um. Anyway, that that episode's basically over. We get this little denouement with a a little angel figurine, which is funny, mm-hmm. as the origin of the angels watching over you line. Yeah, and this time it lands ominously. It's really good. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, it's both like, yeah, we have a good, we have a good angel who is watching over him, but mm-hmm. angels in general are our, are our villains here. Yeah, it's just like the the scene like crescendos, crescendos. Yeah, towards um towards her delivering that line. It's just like, yeah, say those, yeah. say it, say it, say it, and then she does. say the line, Bart. Off the payoff, and then credits. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, uh, I got, only got one actor fact for this one, which is Uriel, who is played by Matt Ward, who was Alex Crawford in The Bold Type, and Brian Decker, uh, Brian Decker in Remedy, and Byron in Upload. 
Oh, wait, I saw a boat. How was it? I don't know anything about it. It was it was fun. It wasn't like, whoa, high concept television, but it was like, yeah, this is fun. Fair enough. What if the afterlife was about capitalism? I do like that. Mm -hmm. It is fun. Like, the protagonists are basically on a socialist mission. Hell yeah. So true. Oh, wait. She literally goes to a leftist commune at some point. Like, <laughs> love to see it. Oh, yeah. I, I remember hearing about this show. Yeah, I remember thinking it was neat when I... When yeah, I, it's fun. It's I not, like, it. super good or anything, but it's fun. Yeah. Um... Okay, we're going to take a take a break now, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, episode 14, My Bloody Valentine. Hey, an episode that goes places. Five fourteen. My Bloody Valentine was written by Ben Edlund, directed by Mike Roll. The cold open so true, has Alice and Russell have had a very nice first date. They are making plans for another for Valentine's Day, which is soon. They kiss, they're embarrassed, and then they make out. Cut to them making out against their fridge very intensely. They like bite each other and then they eat each other to death. In the process, one they of them sure do. a bloody handprint onto the fridge decor of like a little Cupid card. Title sequence. Alice's roommate tells Sam that Alice was a virgin, so this is shockingly unlike her. Normally, she really doesn't eat people to death. Uh, there's no EMF or sulfur, and Dean is just not feeling Valentine's Day this year, which makes Sam half-jokingly worried. In an office, Brad, a black man, tells Jim, his white coworker, to stop checking his phone because he's so whipped for this girl he met a week ago. Janice, the girl, shows up and says that Jim can't choose work over her. When Brad protests, she shoots him. Uh, Jim and Janice decide that the only way to be together forever is a double suicide. Sam sniffs a random guy in a hallway as they investigate the bodies. That's a surprise tool that will help us later. They uh. find a mark on the hearts of both of these couples. It's an Enochian mark of union, and Cass tells them that this means they were intended to mate as per a Cupid, which is technically a cherub third class. Cass takes them to a restaurant to stake out the Cupid. Dean isn't hungry, so Cass takes his burger. But before he can even eat it, which is so sad... But I guess he makes up for it. He spots and, like, pins down the Cupid. So this Cupid is a big guy who is presumably naked, which is so much fun because Dean stares uh -huh. at his dick a little bit. Uh, the Cupid gives them each a giant hug, which they all hate. He had no idea that his couples were killing themselves slash each this other. Cupid he was is so just much. following heaven's <laughs> orders, and he reveals that certain couples are meant to be for bloodline reasons, including John and Mary. Originally, uh -huh. they couldn't stand each other. Quote, but when they were, but when we were done with them, perfect couple. Okay, we're gonna talk about that. Uh, yeah. Dean punches Cupid and he disappears. They are not gonna talk about what's up with Dean lately. Sam checks out another body. This one of a guy who ate himself to death in a really gruesome way. I don't want to get into, uh, which sets the doctor to drinking. And Dean has also found a lot of weird suicides and a lot of overdoses. And so these deaths are not all romance related. So what's going on around here? And then Sam spots the guy he sniffed and chases him down. And it's a demon, a demon with a briefcase. The guy gets away, but Sam, who did not drink his blood, has his briefcase now. So back at the motel, the boys open it and like a white light escapes. And Cass says, that's a human soul. There's a human soul in this briefcase. I think this is supposed to be a Pulp Fiction reference because of the briefcase and that. I haven't seen it. I will take your word Me for neither. it. Okay, it's um, fine. There's a there's a MacGuffin briefcase that you never see inside, and it's like uh, shiny. Sense, yeah. I believe. I knew that was one of those film bro movies. I've just never seen it, so I couldn't be sure. I just know Uma Thurman is in it. 
Um, weirdly, Cass tells them this as he's munching on a burger. He says that his hunger is also a clue. Famine, the horseman, is in town, making everyone starve for something. Sex, attention, drugs, love. He blames Jimmy for his red meat cravings. And while Cass narrates the relevant Bible verses, we watch Famine arrive at a restaurant and make everyone there go nasty wild, yeah, stuffing themselves and stealing, shoving hands in the deep fryer. Um, it's pretty so. sick. It, it is pretty I, cool. I like this version of Famine a lot. Uh, the demon who lost the briefcase arrives without food for famine, so famine eats him in black smoke form instead. Uh, Sam is having demon um, blood um, cravings, and so he opts out of this mission. They cuff him to the sink. Dean and Cass find out that the doctor we saw drinking was sober for 20 years but drank himself to death last night, so they stake out his body to wait for someone to harvest the soul, which I have questions about. And meanwhile, they have a talk in the car over burgers about how Dean isn't feeling famine's effects. He claims he's just well-fed, and then they go follow the new briefcase guy so they can find famine. Meanwhile, Sam is attacked by demons. He breaks free, and he drinks them. Blood freak boy. Um... Cass goes in with the knife to get Famine's ring, but after about two seconds, Dean decides that he's taking too long and goes in for himself to find Cass eating raw meat off the floor. It's horrible. It's like genuinely a very disturbing image. It's great. Mm-hmm. Famine villain monologues about American consumerism and then gets personal about Dean's emptiness, but Sam shows up with his mutant powers heart emoji. Famine says that Sam is the exception who will never die from eating too much and offers him the demons around them, but Sam doesn't do it. Instead, he exercises them with his mind, so Famine eats their smoke. And then Sam, spoilers for the locked tomb, pulls a harrow hark and uses his control of demons <laughs> inside Famine to explode him. And I guess they got the ring off of him then, because the next we see of anyone, Dean is waiting outside the detox room while Sam screams for help again. Cass tries to comfort Dean, who's drinking and... Dean goes out for some fresh air, but really he's praying. He is tearfully asking the sky for some help, please. The end. <sighs> ben Edlund. Yeah. Ben Edlund. This sure is an episode. This sure is. Fun. This episode sure takes a turn at like the 15, 20 minute mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At first you're like, oh, it's going to be so much fun. They get to it's hunt a cute little Cheryl. Valentine's Day episode. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Uh-oh. Wait, no, this is plot. Uh-oh. It's a Dean episode. Well, actually, no. There's a Sam. There's Sam. It is, yeah, it's here. it's a there's good. A, it's a boys episode. It's a, boys it's episode. a team free will episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Cass episode too, in a way. Yes. Or a Jimmy Novak episode. No. Shout out to Jimmy Novak. So this what is this voice? also. I simply do not care. I think that the meat is a very easy innuendo and is a metaphor for being gay. That's fair. So true. I don't care about Cass's little Jimmy excuse. Cass, you want to eat that man's meat so bad. I mean, <laughs> I, I liked it because it implies it, it's like this, it's confirmation that Jimmy's still kind of in there, yeah. which I had mm-hmm. questions about considering uh, the considering Cass exploded. Yeah, for like in universe, like logistical reasons. Yeah, it's Jimmy. But for my personal thoughts, it's not about Jimmy or the galaxy brain take. Jimmy and Cass are both gay. That's what Gabe says. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Gabe. Like, Cass has this line, I mean, we're jumping ahead here, but Cass has a line about how Jimmy's craving for red meat. Like, we didn't even see him eat red meat when he was with his family, so you're saying that Jimmy, in his perfect little suburban life, was denying himself what he wanted? Hmm. Like, okay, sounds queer-coded to me. Yes. Okay. Starting from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Uh, this girl, the roommate of the girl who who ate her boyfriend to death uh is very familiar do we have actor facts for her no no okay she just looks super familiar okay 
My next note is a uh, key smash. Don't know why. Oh, my first note is actually during the cold open, um, while they're making out before it escalates to eating. He's like, God, I respect the crap out of you right now. <laughs> Which is so Oh, cute. yeah, I think that's what my key smash is for. It's very funny. <laughs> and then there's a handprint. Yeah. Yeah, handprint. I don't have, like, cohesive thoughts on, like, how it fits into the handprint symbology of the show. It's just cool. And maybe that's all it needs to be. You know? That's all it needs so to true. be. This, this, this cold opening was sad. This couple is cute. They're like, mm-hmm. can I see you again? I don't want to be alone on Valentine's Day again. She's like, I know what you mean. They, they found each other. They're, they're enjoying each other's company. Yeah, and then they eat each other. other to death. Yeah, sickos. <laughs> yeah, her, her roommate is very blasé. There's this horrible bit where she was like, I think Alice was already dead. Sam says, but Russell wasn't. She says, I think he was mostly, except he was still sort of chewing a little. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, this... I don't think she's blasé. I think she's in shock. Yeah, that's true. I think this woman will never be the same. And Sam was like, did you notice her acting weird? <laughs> did she show signs of wanting to eat people alive? Uh-huh. She goes, no, she didn't drink or even swear. She was a good girl. Like a good, a good girl, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> it's really funny she how She had they... her promise ring. Uh-huh. Is that still a thing people do? Have promise rings? Probably. In the abstinence crowd. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't hang out around people who are weird about sex. Well, at least not in that direction. <laughs> um, It's unattached drifter Christmas. Yeah, yep. Valentine's Day, according to Dean. Um, and this year Shout he's just mysteriously the... not interested. Hmm, I wonder what might have changed hmm. this year. Hmm. Shout out to the uh, Dustiel AMV, which was a mock trailer for uh, a movie that like used Hallmark. a lot of yeah. shots from this episode. I'll have to find a link. Put it, it in the channel. It changed me. It's also the same uh, AMV that turned me on to the heavy as a band, so. Hmm. Shout outs, I guess. Cecile will do everything for you. So true. So <laughs> Sam says, it's when a dog doesn't eat. That's when you know something's really wrong. <laughs> He's such a bitch. I love him so much. Yeah. I love I when know, Sam I gets love to be obnoxious. Uh, this, this guy, Brad, the, the black man who was shot, uh, mm-hmm. says, no me gusta, which just shot me all the way back into 2010. Yeah, no. <laughs> Remember no when that was a thing? God. Oh, it was a different time. Uh huh. I remember Trollface. I mean, Trollface is back. That's true. That's but that's on like a post Dada. Yeah. Like, irony poisoned way. No, Megusta has not returned. And hopefully, it will not. The... Unless is that the actual like grammatical? I don't know anything about Spanish. Yes, that is it's not wrong for Spanish. It's just weird. Yeah. No, no, Megusta is dramatically is grammatically correct. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, it can only come back if you're actually speaking Spanish. Don't want to gatekeep an entire language. (laughs) The face associated with the meme can stay dead. Yes. The heterosexualism of this scene. It's crazy. It's crazy. I love the way he goes. It's crazy. (laughs) Do it again, Wyatt. Right in my ear. Why it makes a whipping noise ASMR to <laughs> It's just he really leans into it. He like he does, does a little yeah, gesture. Does. 
This is so 2010. I think they auditioned this guy solely due to his ability to go whoopsh. (laughs) He does it like a bunch of times, too. Yeah, he does it like four times. Yeah. It's, this scene is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Like, it's dark, but it's, it's like... It's shot in a funny way on purpose. Yeah. Like, the, well, the way, like, when he gets when he gets shot, he's, he's like... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you, you no, go. I'll just say it. <laughs> after he gets shot, uh, Jim is like, something's always going to keep us apart. Work, family, sleep, she says now, prison maybe. And it's like a shot of Brad's leg toppling off the chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really so good. funny. Like, it's, I love it. It sucks that they killed another side black character, but yeah. it is a very funny shot. Mm-hmm. It's like a thud. Yeah, his his chair just flops backward. It's great. From the die. Um, then we meet this coroner who um, we know. Uh, he was this actor was the librarian in Providence. Oh, that's why I like him so much. Yeah. They brought this guy back because he's so likable. <laughs> like Shout we need out to this, this guy. I fucking we love need this likable old guy. Who are we gonna get? Oh yeah, that guy from Providence. Let's bring him back. Yeah, I love this coroner. I loved that librarian. I don't remember the librarian. I love this guy. Wait, vaguely. I just remember we talked a lot about him because we love him. Yeah. Okay. That was all the way back in, like, season two, so. Providence is season one, 119. Is it really that long ago? Yeah. Damn. It's four years ago in the show. He, it was 2006 that he was, he was in the Sam hadn't even died yet. Yep. yep. Sam hadn't even died yet. They were so baby. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he was still broken up about Jessica. Yep. My next two notes are, I love you so much, followed by... Cast bestie, I love you. My next note is, why Sam look at Egghead like that? Egghead? Yeah, the, the demon he looks like has a, it's like... Oh. Oh. Has a, yeah, has it's very weird. Head. Before you know that he's smelling demon blood in him, he just, like, fucking looks at this guy for a very long time yeah. with this very weird... Zo- it's a pretty cool shot, but, like, you have no idea why he's, like, what he's noticing, because we can't yeah. smell him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He smells tasty. Tasty. He looks like a reaper, which I I kind of like how the the demons in this episode are dressed like reapers. Yeah, Different yeah, they all got. I mean, well, they're dressed like secret. They're dressed service. like secret service agents. Yeah, it's cool. But they're wearing tuxedos, and they have a, there's a bunch of old guys walking around in tuxedos, so they look like reapers. It's very um those two weird uh, secret agents in um, American Gods. It's too deep a cut for me. Oh, uh, Mr. Town and Mr. Road. Oh yes, no, I remember them now. I love a pair of pair of secret agents shout out to the the secret agents in welcome to night vale the one who is yeah yeah oh and and also mr stone and mr wood and yes. those guys from wayside school so true yeah. deep cut for our for our there's like three people out there besties. who just punch the air <laughs> yeah that was, one of them was me i read those books and watched that tv show when i was a kid is i love wayside school i didn't know there was a tv show i did read the books though some of them I remember they the TV show being pretty me. good. They adapted a decent chunk of the books in like fun well ways. I think Wayside School may have been my like gateway into Night Vale. I think it may have been the first that like place where place where everything's mundane but is also I extremely think weird. Like gone on record saying Wayside School was an inspiration. Oh, good. It's a good pull. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for our uh, Welcome to Night Vale podcast and our Wayside School podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is a Welcome to Night Vale podcast. I would, yeah, that's the thing. I hold up. <laughs> if I ever do, if I ever do a podcast about any other piece of media, I want it to be something super obscure. I would love to do a Wayside School podcast. Um, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, we were talking about this coroner. Yeah, we love him. Yeah, he's he's fun. He he calls the the guts the good and plenties. Yeah, he says uh, 
Please, gentlemen, refrigerate after opening. Yeah, he like puts He's on so... a Terry Pratchett hat and walks off. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love him. He's the most affable old uncle. Uh-huh, I love him. Um, then Dean yeah. shoves a little heart towards Sam and goes, be my yep. valentine with like the stupidest <laughs> little grin. He's yeah, such a yeah. loser. It's so cute. He's such a loser. He's so. I think that's where that's where I said I love you so much. I think that was what it was. Um, that must be it. Yeah. And then he my, like speed dials Cass. He has Cass on speed dial. Yeah. Yes. So true. Um. That's his friend. I'm gonna it's hang literally up now. His friend. That's his fucking friend. Yeah. So so Dean calls him and he like appears right in front of them and says on the phone, "I'm there now." And Dean says, "Yeah, I know." And he's like, "I'm gonna hang up now." They're so good. They're literally staring into each other's eyes from less it's than so a foot funny. away. Fucking He's gas. such a weirdo. It's so good. It's so good. That's um, probably why I wrote Cass Bestie. I love you. He tells him about the Mark of Union <laughs> and is like, yeah, there's Cupids. Uh, and he, he, there's such like disdain in his voice when he talks about them. He's like, yeah, they're all over the world. There are dozens of them. And he, he seems unhappy about this. <laughs> Listen, they're very annoying. They are very annoying. Oh, it's great. I love it. Uh, Dean says, you mean the little flying fat kid in diapers? And Castiel says, they're not incontinent. Yeah. And we get some angel Turns lore. out the, uh... Apparently cherubs Turns out the classes. Renaissance only put them in diapers to, uh... To save your, your precious eyes, Dean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a fig leaf. Mm -hmm. Um... They go to this restaurant, Castiel's like, this place is a nexus of human rep reproduction. It's exactly the kind of, of garden the Cupid will come to pollinate. Yeah, meanwhile, while okay, he says okay. this, Dean is squirting yeah, ketchup look... all over his cheeseburger. Yeah, he doesn't he's... even want to eat. He's looking at Dean's hamburger Dean is... and then is like, is you're going to finish him. that? I can't remember where this line came from, but unless Gabe has answered me. Hold on. Gabe has answered Okay, you. thank God. Um, Misha on Cameo uh, said that Cass watches Dean eat food lecherously. Um, interesting. Wow. Choice. Cass like he, he did that on purpose. Probably. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he literally, he's just like, oh my god, that is the sexiest burger I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he's getting distracted from info dumping about the case. Well, from You you know shit's dumping. bad when the autistic gets distracted from info dumping. You it's know they're true. hungry. And Dean isn't hungry and Cass is, which makes everybody go, hmm? 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 <laughs> that raised eyebrow, like, monocle emoji. They just have a raised eyebrow one now. Oh my god, they do? Yeah, I use the shit okay. out of it for Cass. That, that is him. It's literally that the Cass him. emoji. It's also called King Face with Raised Eyebrow. The king of the raised eyebrow. Um, so this Cupid shirt is something. Yeah, shout out to this Cupid. He looks like he's having fun. He's like... Oh, hey, 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 he... there, there's a... Sorry, not to interrupt, but there's a... a what I assume is a... Like a... What do they call those? The pictures that they take... Before takes? the episode comes out. Thumbnail? Oh, a promo pic? Yeah, a promo, promo pic. There's a promo picture of Dean and San and Cass talking to the Cupid. Cass is leaning up against something and he looks so cute. And you can just see barely at the bottom of the frame that this Cupid is in underwear. Ah, okay. okay. Well, they keep that ambiguous in the shot. Yes. So I think in-universe yes. he's not wearing underwear, but they did not do that to the actor. <laughs> yes. They couldn't have just scooted him like six inches out of the frame. <laughs> So this, this actor is playing the most like children's mascot character is the is the best vibe I can like give him in terms of like big emotions, adult talking like a child, um, loves to hug people, and everyone who he hugs hates it, which yeah. I, I I don't vibe with, like in general. 
if someone doesn't want you to hug them, don't fucking hug them. Yes. Um, however, it is a good bit when he's, like, jostling Dean around. And Dean's like, is this a fight? Are we in a fight? And Cass says, no, this is their handshake. Dean's I don't like, like it. it. No one Cass likes says, it. Nobody likes it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, He's very sad. He's like, I wasn't doing anything. Please, brother, read my mind. Read my mind. You'll see. He says, Jiminy Christmas. So good. I love love. I love it. It's more than just a word to me, you know? Yeah. He says, if that's wrong, I don't want to be right, which unfortunately is like the same exact line that Becky used in her incest fic. Yeah. Uh, it's forever tainted in Supernatural. Yeah. Um. He's also like, Dean's like, whose orders? Who's heaven, silly heaven? Uh-huh. And then he's this is where we learn about bloodlines and destinies. Yeah! Guys, John and Mary didn't even like each other. Yep. It's insane. The show is deranged. There's... Hmm, let me check what episode that is, actually. Oh, okay. So next week, we get to talk about a different John Mary lore reveal. God, this really is a show about their family, huh? Wait, send it to me. I want to know what... Um, Dean says something about John and Mary in 516. And I will DM Ash, but thank you. Who? Who? It's wild. It's truly like what a what a wild like one off thing to say. Like yeah, they just drop they it. They just drop it and move on. Yeah. Like Dean it's is very insane. upset about it. He punches the Cupid and scares him away. <laughs> but yeah. it's uh, a yeah. pretty fucking upsetting thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is a very upsetting thing to hear. Um, and then. Dean goes, well, where did he go? And Cass goes, I believe you upset him. It's just, it's literally so horrifying. That is a horror story to be trapped in a marriage with someone you wouldn't even have liked on your own and forced to bear his kids mm -hmm. because heaven it's needs your kids to exist so that they can be used as meat puppets to end the world. Like, what the fuck? And yeah. then Mr. Ackles comes along like, hmm, you know, we never really got the whole story of my parents. So let's, let's make a little rom-com about them. Y'all referenced this, like, I want to say, like, 20 episodes ago or something. There was a Probably. thing you mentioned about, like, John and Mary's relationship. And now I'm finally like, ah. Yeah. This is where, yeah, this is this where is it where is. This is where we get that payoff. Yep. Yep. Plus what I said next week. But this is the most of the payoff. <sighs> it's just. Like, what are you supposed to do with this? Like, Dean has to just go the rest of his life with this information. And what is he supposed to do about it? They're both dead. Mm -hmm. like you can't it really even go speaks to, your mom and to... Be like oh you should leave dad heaven is forcing you to be with him it's just like well i guess that was a thing that happened mm -hmm. so the fascinating thing about this is it really speaks to the like weirdness of predestination in terms of mm -hmm. like there you can think about it as well okay so there's 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 two kinds of determinism there's religious determinism and material determinism um, material determinism, determinism is, relies on the laws of physics and, like, the, the features of the universe and says that, like, oh, yeah, everything would always have happened the way it is because everything is matter and matter continues to move through the processes. Like, we only think that we're making choices, but actually, like, we are in the world and are made of chemicals and are not, like, actors in a way that is, like, any different than a rock, except for the fact that, like, we're more complex over, like, a shorter period of time. So just completely and then denying the concept of sentience? 
Mm, I mean, it's like, more complicated than that. Sentience exists, but really it's a thing that we. It's a. It's second order. It's like it. It sentience is us making up why we do things. Okay. Um, and then there's religious determinism, which is that it's all part of like a plan that was made ahead of time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sentience. Sapience exists and like choice exists in terms of determining sin, but it's achronological and will always have happened. Um, and thus, like, and like in both cases, like whatever, that's fine because it's it, it's not being done to us. It's just like what always would have happened. But in this case, it's a specific plan that has actors who are manipulating the state of affairs into following what predestination yeah like it's enforced what, determinism it's enforced predestination by actors and like you in the same way like you could say predestination is enforced in terms of it is a if if god or the gods or whatever or like the cosmic force whatever version of it it, it is like it's an actor as well with its own plan and that's also forcing it upon you but like the the point of like a god is it's so like outside of everything that it is less of a down to earth actor in the way this angel is. So it being this like goofy Cupid who like made two people fall in love makes it feel like way weirder than if it's like, oh, destiny meant that you were always going to fall in love or like the chemicals in your brain that you're made of were always going to like have you fall in love with this person, etc. Yeah, it feels more like being manipulated rather than falling into a role that is assigned to you. And in, in that way, it feels much more malevolent. Um, yeah. Especially given the fact that angels supposedly require consent in order to take a vessel. But that consent can be obtained in any way. Um, so, like, I think, like, this could be a really interesting thing that Supernatural could play with, like, with the idea of, like, consent and how like heaven is you know always manipulating things in order to fit its own agenda um and how that's really fucked up and then like you can draw like associations with like how capitalism forces us to you know uh ignore our own morals in order to survive within the the system but of course it won't do that which is why it's yeah, just like supernatural insane. Take, not going to take a, an an anti-imperialist stance on the question of free will, yeah. even though they're trying no. to make like they are writing a story about that. But guess where that story ends? Yeah, like if if yep. this could be so much cooler, but because it's supernatural, it's not. So like, I think this is a cool idea, but the the yeah, like the question of predestination versus free will is like fucking old and very cool and hotly contested and Supernatural is, mm -hmm. is doing some interesting things with it especially in the good episodes like Bedland episodes um, but it it's not consistently coming down on a thesis that yeah like, it, it mm -hmm. doesn't which it, fair because like that. nobody has consistently come down on a thesis for this question that's the whole point of the question mm -hmm. they they're not interested in um applying this fantasy to the real world and making commentary on the real world they're interested in having the cool guys shoot guns and kill things which like 
they're they're creating a narrative so like they're not necessarily trying to you know tackle actual philosophical questions they're trying to tell a cool story the problem is that they also decided that god is trying to tell a cool story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also i'm a big fan of of you know fantasy and and um what is that big word for like fantasy and sci-fi it's something speculative yeah specfic like i like specfic that uses like the 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 fantasy in order to like talk about or think about the real world mm-hmm. because like i just think that's more interesting and more effective not that it's wrong that it's not but like the politics of supernatural are just so moot that it's disappointing also i just want to jump in and say that i gave the most like philosophy 101 like uh, synopsis of determinism. It's more complicated than that in, in every case that it is, and there's also different kinds than just material and theological determinism. But it's not. This is not a philosophy podcast. I just wanted to talk about the fact that it like it it it's weirder the more personal it is. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. <laughs> Moving on now. Uh, yeah. This man ate a lot of Twinkies. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. He looks like a sim who is, like, in the third trimester. Yeah, he's yeah. got, like... He's got a distended a, stomach. A gut. Yeah. 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 It looks It looks bad. It's not even a gut. It is, like, it is, like, distended. It is, like, pushed out beyond what it, like, should, should be. be. Yeah. Um, it's like, this man, yeah, this it's... man isn't quote-unquote fat. This man has something in him that should not be in him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and I, sorry. It's, oh, I was just gonna say it's grody. And yeah. I like it. It's a, it's a weirdly like non, like fat phobic bit of like food related body horror just in terms of how they portrayed him because he's not that, he's, he's not like a grotesquely huge guy. Like he's not in a fat suit. They've like given mm-hmm. him this horrible like stomach bulge. He got a gastric and bypass. I like that. He used to be 400 pounds and then he got a gastric bypass mm-hmm. and stayed on his diet or whatever. Um, and so he he lost a lot of weight, and then he famine showed up, and now he's uh, eaten himself to death in an extremely graphic manner. Yep. Yeah. Which, like, for me, like, I think it works. Like, I think the fact that they didn't make, like, a fat joke, and how, like, the horror of it was the fact that he could not stop yeah. and did not stop. Yeah. Until he fucking died. Like, I like that. Like, that is, I think, yeah. the way to handle food body horror. Yeah, because the, the horror in this, the thing that famine does is it, like, exaggerates what someone already wants. And, like, there's nothing wrong with wanting a Twinkie or wanting to make out mm-hmm. with someone, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the escalation is the horror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Ben Edlund interview linked in the wiki page and, well, an article that mentions a couple of things he said. Uh, he says... Um, there is something coming up in Bloody Valentine that is disgusting. It's horrible. I mean, I just write it down. I can't imagine someone would go off and shoot this crap. It's just gross. Which I assume is talking about the cold open because that was pretty gross. Like, she's mm-hmm. chewing a, a, a piece of him. Yeah. Um, it was very gross. Well, they're giving um, each other bedroom yeah, he's, eyes. He's, like, it's, leaning it's into very something nasty. Yeah. To being nasty. I mean, he could have been talking about a bunch of stuff in this. Castiel shoveling raw meat into his mouth also freaked me out as far as, like, horror imagery yeah. in this episode goes. And that like, was, that was more earlier. scary than gross, I think. 
Because, like, yeah. you know he's going to be fine. But, yeah. But, like, what the fuck is wrong with him right now? Yeah, it's it's very disturbing to see Cass, like, in such a... Like, in, and it's been state. ramping up the whole episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. first he, he takes Dean's first food. First it was cute. First he's like, him. I'm going to eat this burger. But then he's like... He mentions having it, eaten hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. In every scene, yeah. he has a takeout bag, and he's just chowing down. And even Dean is like, "Dude, bro, you're that's not good for you." And like, and it just it starts. We we get to watch it escalate in real time in a way that um, it's effective. We, like, we, yeah, we didn't get to see as as slowly how famine affected yeah. the other people. Um, we just got to saw yeah. the like crescendo. Yeah, it's a good escalation. But here, yeah, and then when when we do get that image of Cass just on all fours eating raw meat yeah it's it's really good um, such good payoff i think it's very effective it's shot well too in terms of like the darkness partially obscuring it so it's just like this yeah. weird shadowy mass he's like shoving into his mouth he gives a, like yeah. a furtive look and keeps shoveling uh -huh. it in oh love you weird boy um uh -huh. so true next thing that happens is uh sam kills this demon and loots his body <laughs> it's so true uh the briefcase has like he doesn't i, he I doesn't don't know if it's because he gets back to report Oh, right, yeah, right. He fights his demon and loots his body. He, like, um, scratches him up a bit. And I'm very proud of him. He did not just immediately stab him. He, like, scratches him to prove that he's a demon. Yeah. And then he wipes the blood off the blade. And I'm super proud of him for that. And he's like, blood must he's not eat. He's a demon sniffer. Um, we will never see this ability again. I guess this is exaggerated from famine. So, like, normally he wouldn't be able to smell demons. Yeah. Goddamn, yeah. that would be useful. That would be really useful. Like Christo. Yep, like Christo. But don't worry about it. Uh, this briefcase is cool. It has like I don't know if it's a Nokian or what, but it has like cool sigils for the secret for like the code that opens it. It's a demon briefcase. Mm -hmm. I like that. Also, it's not fucking locked apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. It has like a whole Wait, doesn't... watch system, but they just fucking open it. I thought they broke the code. If they did, they didn't show it on screen. Hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they just hit the buttons together. Weird. Well, anyway, I th I thought the the it's cool that they put the sigils on it. That's a neat prop. It is cool. Yeah, it's a cool brief briefcase. It's a demon's briefcase. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I love this show. It's so dumb. Anyway, you can put human souls in a briefcase. Apparently, it's a thing. Only a magic <laughs> briefcase. Only a magic briefcase. Uh -huh. Only if you put the right doodles on it. How does soul harvesting work? Oh, whatever. It just I don't matter. understand that part. I want to complain about that. How are you going to harvest a soul? Are you telling me a soul just sits in the body until someone comes to collect it? Why wasn't there a reaper there? Well, why is a soul not already in an afterlife? Why is it just sitting in a body? Maybe it takes a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, a reaper should show it up and make take any it. Sense. I. Maybe, well, maybe the Reapers are all busy with death. Yeah, maybe there's or something maybe, in Famine's powers that are keeping the Reapers at bay. I don't know. Or, or, just or maybe maybe because Famine and, and Death are like co-workers, yeah. Death is like, hey, don't rape these the souls. They're for my bud. <laughs> all right, I'll allow yeah. that. You're right. It doesn't make sense, but I can make up yeah. a Watsonian explanation for it because I'm deranged. <laughs> um, And then this is where Castiel's like, red meat. Duh. <laughs> Chum chum. Um, I don't think this line is from Revelations. No, it's not. Um, is it actually? Is it even from anywhere in there? No. That's what I mean. No. It's like this is a, they made this up to like fit the um. Oh yeah, fit. I just looked up the quote and it just told me super <laughs> intro. Yeah, I'm like this isn't this Love isn't that. how 
famine works. Like it's a cool take on it. I don't mind that, but is this from this is from it's it's weirdly cuz like they were following actual revelations but now they're back to secret revelations, I guess. I don't know. I don't care. Uh there's a bigger sense. do whatever makes it cool. This uh this like as Cass is like narrating all this stuff about famine is where we see that scene you were talking about where like the bigger famine shows up in the bigger sins and like everyone like loses their shit. Everyone's like stuffing themselves. Someone steals a bunch Guy of shoves money. Guy his hands in the French fries. People start making out. Honestly, me with French fries. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I reference it all the time. Um, so if I have, I apologize. This reminded me a lot in a way that I wondered if it was directly inspired by it of a of a um, scene in American Elsewhere by Robert Jackson Bennett, a very good Lovecraftian horror like uh, American small town story that also is like very Night Vale. Um, where at the end of the book, when like the big cosmic horror shows up, everyone just does things. Every like everyone completely like ceases to be um like rational actors in like strange and frightening ways. And like one woman like sees it, walks calmly into her house, and like shoves her hand down the garbage disposal. Um, and it's like yeah, that's cosmic horror in a way that like has mm -hmm. stuck with me. And we get a little bit of that here in terms of, like, the mere presence of this being causes everyone to, like, cease being rational actors and just, like, not even, it's not even animalistic. It's, like, purely, like, it's like a process in their brain has broken in yeah. a way that is it's scary. Like, it's the way zombies act. Yeah, yeah. Where, like, there is no, there is no thought other than consumption. Yeah. Um, very specifically, like, um, what's the, what's the Living Dead movie with the mall? Day of, the, that's not Day of the Dead. I don't know, I haven't seen it. <sighs> I've only played Left 4 Dead. <laughs> Thanks, Ash. And I've seen, I've seen Zombieland. That's it. I think I watched the pilot of, uh, What's the Romero movie with the mall? I haven't even seen the, the Ash versus the Evil Deads, which is... It's Dawn of the Dead. Okay. It, it, it... It's it's the Dawn of the Dead version of zombies in particular, where it's like the zombies are continue to like follow the processes of like being a human, but wrong. Like the zombies still want to like shop in a weird way or like go to the mall, but like it's it, they're just like going through the motions like they have lost the like humanity of what they're doing. Mm hmm. Um, it should also be noted that Famine is a old man who is presumably um He's hooked up to like a He's looked up yeah, he's hooked an up old to white a, man um, in a wheelchair. Like very old. Yeah. What are those breathing he's thingies? O oxygen. O yeah, I think he's hooked up to an oxygen tank. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which I'm sure people who are smarter than us have dissected. Yeah, I mean yeah, there's definitely some like ageism and ableism here in in mm -hmm. a way like you know, uh, the, the like, old white man as, like, vampire metaphor, particularly surrounding capitalism, doesn't bother me that much in terms of, like, it's, it's kind of punching up because we truly mm -hmm. are ruled by horrible old ghouls. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> and, and like he is clearly, there, there is, like, <laughs> he is not low, lower class, or he is not, like, portrayed as lower class. He has, like, no. weird secret service agents and, like, like an this armor armored van. van. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, it didn't bother me as far as, like, yeah. an image to use. 
It definitely could have been worse. I think the fact that he is so cool makes it easier he's, to swallow. Yeah, he's, you know what he is? He's Palpatine. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I don't know. Maybe someone could convince me it's problematic, but I was just like, oh, it's a rich oh, yeah. old white guy. Like, I get it. It's capitalism, baby. He's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool, but it's also probably got issues that I'm not smart enough yeah, to Yeah, I feel to like there's commentary, maybe deliberate, maybe not, about how, like, he's not helpless, but he is relying on others. He's draining yeah. others. And I think, like, there's probably uh, an undercurrent mm-hmm. connecting that to disability, but I don't want to say that that was on purpose. You know, like, I yeah. don't think that, like, the, he is hungry. the commentary... Yeah, I don't think the commentary is intended to be like, oh, wheelchair users are a plague and a drain on society. Like, I don't think that's the statement being made here, but I think that is, like, a read you could take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the vibe I got is, like, they're they're wanting to portray him as, like... Because, you know, I the, think, the, I think the, the people... I think the, like, medical equipment is part of making him look very old. Yeah, well, and mm-hmm. also particularly, yeah. like, the... um. The fact that he has all these like, um, like weird faceless like bodyguards slash like servant figures around him, um, very much feels mm-hmm. in that same way of like this this ghoul who is just like controlling people and is like voraciously like voraciously like wants everything. Yeah, like I think it could have definitely been because like Cass says that that the demons are there to care for famine, but they're not really. They're they are also his like victims in a weird way. Like he eats when they them. Got him out of the van. Yeah, like they they help him out of the van. They get his equipment. Well, they get his out, food for him. Like they're hunting and souls. and they fetch his food for yeah. him. But like in a way that is more like Wyatt said, more servant like than caregiver. Yeah. Um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with needing caregivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, there is definitely a universe in which this portrayal is way, like, more obviously ableist. Um, and I, I like I like this interpretation. Um, I like always thinking about, like, Good Omen's interpretation mm-hmm. of the horseman versus supernatural. I like his, and the way that his like, his actor is also just, like, doing a really good job, like, with the physical performance he is giving, despite, mm-hmm. like, not being able, despite, like, being in a chair. Um, mm-hmm. Like... He uh he uses his body to his utmost as far as like his hand motions and he's like ah, I'm gonna eat your soul like he like yeah like when he when he asks pulls it the, into his mouth the guy who overate the Twinkie guy he's like where is the one who loves cream cakes yes yes I was talking about that line down by yeah. the fact that it was Twinkie specifically the cream cake man um, bring me yeah. his and soul and then there's there's also like a really interesting moment when when Sam exercises all the demons and. Famine takes the the demons uh, into himself instead. He like he has this like movement. He sits up really straight yeah. and like really suddenly and in a way that has like this power, which was like really creepy yeah. to me. Like he he, it's like you know in uh, the Fellowship of the Ring when Bilbo goes all yes Gollum yes. for a second. It's like that yeah. Where you're like oh my god like jump scare. Yeah. It's it's cool. Um... I like I like the the power that we get to see of him and like i don't know i just like this interpretation of famine it's cool mm-hmm. um back to back to the back to team free will um mm-hmm. there's uh they're talking about how to deal with this and <laughs> there's a, there's this bit where like Cass looks over at his like uh his leftovers or like the the bag from his fast food um mm-hmm. and it's like oh it's all gone and he says yeah, what are you the hamburger empty, sad, sad empty face yeah mm-hmm 
And he's um, a yeah. he, they're he like says, bantering about the Hamburglar. Meanwhile, Sam is like staring into a mirror, desperately trying not to drink. Uh-huh. It's so uh-huh. funny. Uh-huh. Having that moment. Castiel says, "I'm an angel. I can stop anytime I want." The it's so addiction good. language. Which, speaking of which, yeah, like, uh, Sam. It, there's a weird thing here where he's like, "You got to get Sam out of here. Put him in Montana." And Castiel says, "It won't work. He's already infected." The hunger is going to travel with him. Yeah, but you could put him somewhere without any demons. Yeah, literally. Like, you could make him not like, here, at least. You could literally lock him in the detox room already. Yeah, but... It's fine for plot the, reasons he's here. Yeah. It's thin, it but I'm not going to... stop him from suffering. I'm not going to cinema sins ding this. Like, whatever. They got to have him show up and do the cool shit, so it's fine. Yeah, the Sam in the machine moment. <laughs> um, the, the rule of threes with this doctor is good. Like, one, we we meet him, we see him again, and we're like, oh, yeah, we like this guy. And then the third time he shows up, or he doesn't show up because he's dead, and it's sad. And yeah. he's like, crap, I really kind of like this guy. Yeah, we just, like, cut to his toe tag with his name on it. Yeah. It's really good. It's a good cut. I like it. How the turns table. Yep. <laughs> um, Cash shows up with another hamburger and says, these make me very happy. They make him very happy, he's guys. He's happy. Also, so Cass happy. did his bit again where, like, he tries to tell a civilian about what's actually going on. And Dude yes. stops him. Mm-hmm. Cass literally just, like, wants everybody to be in on the secrets. And he's he just right. doesn't what get it. Is the, like, what is the benefit of having hunting be, like, this secretive little society where nobody helps, like, I fucking about make a community effort. Teach everyone how to deal with monsters, and then that's how you deal with it. There's no plus to not teaching people. You're literally just leaving them helpless. Um, this is where Dean's like, I'm I'm not affected by famine. When I want stuff, I I have it. Uh, and Castiel yeah, says, hold on, so hold on. you're I saying you're well adjusted properly. I need to find it. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. He says, Hey, when I want to drink, I drink. When I want sex, I go get it. Same goes for a sandwich or a fight. And Cass says, So you're saying you're just well adjusted? And Dean says, God, no, I'm just well fed. <laughs> and then they get interrupted by plot. Which uh, this will uh, this will come up shortly. In I mean, terms at least of he knows he's not well adjusted, I guess. But yeah, I mean, you think you're mm-hmm. well fed? Yeah. Says um, man who has definitely gone hungry. Cass is doing the like Eric Andre voice a little bit, uh, in the same way that he did back in um the 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 end, the end. and uh, I think it's funny that like yeah, whenever whenever Cass is Misha being Collins weird, voice that you're hearing. What? It might just be Misha's voice. Like, you haven't heard him say anything not as Cass, except when Jimmy showed up. That's not true. We have the Jimmy version of him, and I've, like, seen footage of him talking. No, he has the specific, like, I'm Cass but weird voice that sounds like Eric Andre (laughs) that he was doing in the end. And, like, there's a little bit of that here when he's leaning into the, like, I want food. I will never get over Wyatt's Cass impression. It's so funny. You should do the entire podcasting character. <laughs> just one time. Just uh, your one. next your next tabletop character needs to needs to have a cast. Oh voice. man. It's very exhausting to do. <laughs> yeah, and Misha Collins had to do it for ten yep. years. Crimea River. Um so anyway, uh <laughs> Sam's like, I'm in the bathroom, I don't like it. And then uh <laughs> and then, then exactly some demons show said. up. Well, he's like, guys, I don't think it worked. I think I'm still still hungry, whatever. Because he hears, he hears yeah, noises he, hears... he thinks that they came yeah. back with Hammond's yeah. ring. And he's like, then why am I still? And then he gets jumped. And then he fights these demons and um, num, 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 num. It was some really good dramatic mm-hmm. irony because 
we saw Famine send these guys after him, and we also know that Sam is now tied to a sink. Yep. And so we can just kind of watch those pieces come together. Yep. Our our boys really are pendulums as far as their problems go. They're always going to swing back to the core, like, the core issue. <laughs> we thought we were done with Sam's demon blood thing. No. His pendulum was just in the other direction at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's okay, Blood Freak Boy. I love you. Uh, Dean calls so Kaz Happy Meal. And this is where he's like, okay, the plan is, I take the knife, I go in, I cut off the ring hand of famine, I meet you back here in the parking lot. And then he just goes to do that. And, and Dean's like, oh yeah, that's foolproof. Literally Perfect. like two yeah. okay. seconds later, Dean's like, well, this is taking too long, goodbye. Yep. I'm off to go save him. Like, and that's where that meat scene happens. For Cass or something? Just, just wondering, you weren't interested in Valentine's yeah. Day, but you can't stay away from Cass for one second. I mean, it's, um... It makes sense in terms of, like, unless Cass has been stopped by something, like, it should have been done already, like... Yeah, it's just... It shouldn't have taken just, them that long. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, yeah, there's yeah. just a little something there. No, I'm with you, I'm with He's you, I just, like... He's completely unaffected by famine, he's so normal. Yep. It's, uh, I, th my read was that it was just a really bad cut. I think that's also That possible. it was implied that at least a couple minutes passed. I don't think so. But... I think literally he's like, well, it took Cass longer than ten seconds, which means something is up. <laughs> Fair. And he was right. His 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 hunter instincts have not proven him wrong in that way. He's a genius. Um, unfortunately, he uh, mm. he's kind of outnumbered here. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, yeah, this is where American consumerism, etc. Uh, this is yeah. more um like libertarian individualism in terms of the problem is individual, not structural. We know this. We could. It does like. Mm -hmm. It's boring to even talk about. Uh, Dean, sa Dean says this is your big trick making people cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs which is really yeah. funny um, and so Famine says doesn't take much hardly a push oh America all you can eat all the time consume oh, consume dear. a swarm of locusts in stretch pants and yet you're all still starving because hunger doesn't just come from the body it also comes from the soul and then they segue into talking about Dean but like yeah. there is something interesting there about like the dissatisfying nature of consumerism modern culture. capitalism but and consumerism yeah i agree with anything other than there like, could be a Americans critique here a but it doesn't say yeah. where it comes from or like what causes it which is fine like the villain doesn't need to say that but it's like you know it just sort it's of clear that the show doesn't <laughs> nick had a post yeah. that was like well I, I can't say the actual post but um because it's spoilers but the gist is like supernatural is like if a child decided to make a villain named soup society <laughs> um like all of the problems society. are just like this is the reason why people are like the way they are it's because this guy made them do it and that guy so is so famine has no effect on dean because dean wants nothing because dean, dean inside is already dead Okay, he says, Dean is he says I can see inside you, you how broken you are, how defeated. You can't win and you know it, but you just keep fighting, going through the motions. You're not hungry because inside you're already dead. Uh, Dean doesn't even have an answer for that. He says, that's one deep, dark nothing you got there. I'm going back. Yeah. I skipped over this line. Deep, dark nothing you got there, Dean. Can't fill it, not with food or drink or sex. Yep. It's almost like the one thing he wants is something he knows he can't have. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with you, but wouldn't he, wouldn't famine make him act on that? I think, okay, so, mm, I, I disbelieve famine at his word, 
um i think that dean is just so used to not acting on his desire like literally he's he's so used to denying himself that like it's second nature you know like this is a character who is more repressed than anyone else in this entire fucking universe um and so like it's a stretch to say like oh he has become immune to famine because he doesn't let himself i don't know, talk about therapy but I think there is a read, which is a read that I favor. It's just not maybe, maybe not the most literal or logical read, but it is one that I enjoy in which it's just like he doesn't even know what he wants anymore because he doesn't let himself want anything. Mm. I just think he's dissociating. <laughs> like, fair all enough. he did this episode was spend time with Cass. So true. Yeah, that's fair. The Destiel goggles require a little bit of lenience. <laughs> You gotta At be a little bit creative. The show. Literally, just this early. It gets easier. Yeah. After a while, it's second nature. <laughs> okay, but also, Dean makes a joke about, like, oh yeah, it's just my strength of character. But then immediately Sam shows up and actually does resist fa what Famine expects him to eat. Yeah. I love you, strength of character boy. Yeah. So true. Um, The way Famine talks to Sam is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Calls him a sweet little boy. Just don't lay a hand on this sweet little boy. You're not like everyone else. Sam sweet has not like other humans. Sam has a not like other humans complex. So true. I see you've got the snack I sent you. Shout out to Famine for being a weird little guy. Yeah. And then he like offers all the rest of the demons, and the demons all look at each other like, "Wait, <laughs> what?" Sam has, like, this horrible little blood goatee through this scene because of yeah. feeding on the other two. <laughs> yeah. It's... You know how it is. It looks terrible. I love it. Oh, I noticed a thing, by the way. I forgot to mention this last episode. They've started calling Lucifer Satan. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. They don't usually. It's, it's weird. Like, it's like they don't want to call him Lucifer because they always call him the devil or Satan or something else. But it's like, he's just Lucifer. Maybe... Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. It might be, like, a... This is this is me apologizing for them because this is not the intent. But like in the way that like Lucifer was an angel and angels can hear if you pray to them, so they might not want to invoke him by mm. using his name. Mm. Mm. That's a cool read. I'll take Thank that. Thank you. It's fun. I mean, there is something because because Satan means like the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is something interesting about it being a um, what's the word? Not a replacement. A um, pseudonym. No, a something nim though. Uh, there's a word for this, for like a a stand-in word for like something you don't want to name out loud. Oh, like like oh, the word bear oh. or whatever. Yeah, like I was exactly thinking. Yeah, like like bear in Russian or whatever, being like the brown one or or the honey eater. Oh, there's a word for this. It's gonna drive me nuts. It just says euphemism. Euphemism might be what I'm thinking of. Taboo avoidance Euphem term. Euphemism avoidance is more speech. for like. Um, you more for something offensive rather than something like mm -hmm. forbidden, but or like scary, but but that might be it. That might be the word I'm looking for. Anyway, um, yeah, this is where he's like, Sam, you are my special boy, and Sam just like destroys all these. I demons. don't want to be your special boy anymore. Yeah, I am not your beautiful boy. <laughs> This is not my beautiful house. Uh, there's a fun thing also in the background of this uh, whole scene happening. There's like a big neon sign that says all you can eat. It's pretty on the nose, but I like it. Sounds like I never, I uh, hate drinking blood. We never even go to McDonald's. 
cast sitting in the front seat going, McDonald's, McDonald's. <laughs> and this is why our famine's like, I'll eat them instead. Yeah. These and demons are having a bad day. Anyway, he eats these demons and then Sam's like, ah, this is where you've made your mistake. <laughs> Which is good. I like that he gets hoisted by his own petard. Mm-hmm. It's also very cool because like this is superpower Sammy. And I always yeah. love when we get to see mm-hmm. superpower Sammy. Yeah, it's cool. Um, you mentioned that like the, them taking the ring. The way I read it is Sam literally just killed him. Like he's dead. Like he managed to kill a horseman. I don't know if that's true, but he seemed dead to me. I don't know. I thought he died. I thought he like exploded. But then it was like, wait. But then where would they get the ring? So they must have at least had a body left behind. The well, the or he just they dug says around in the giblets. I don't. The ring. Did they? I don't so think they take the ring though. Dead. They do have the ring later, so they. Took they it. do. Not in this episode, but we do know that. Oh, okay. Well, okay. If it's not in this episode, then um, then I sure. Okay. Fair enough, I guess. What if he explode? What if I mean they could have just taken it off of his body? I don't know. I thought he died. I think it's probably ambiguous. Maybe a different villain will tell us. How could you kill a horseman? You scary, scary Sammy! You. Um, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna maybe it says on the wiki famine. It says this weakens famine long enough that they're able to take the ring, so I guess he doesn't die. But the other wiki says, which seemingly destroys the horseman, so I guess it's mm. not consensus. Okay, it's just completely... Alright, well my headcanon is that Sam exploded him then, because that's cooler. Yeah. Quiet <laughs> is like, haha, yes! Um, okay, and then, then our, our boy's locked back up because he can't be trusted because he had the yeah. blood again. And, uh, Demon detox? Dean's, Dean's drinking. Yep. They really want us to know he's doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cass just wants to help. He's trying to be nice, and Dean's like, mm. Yeah, he's like, that's not him in there, not really. He's just got to get it out of his system. Then <sighs> And Dean just excuses himself. He's trying so hard to be your friend. <laughs> also, when Dean goes out, he, like, looks at the bottle in his hands before he starts praying. Like, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he's crying. Yeah. He says, please. He yeah, he's very upset. He says, "Please, I can't. I need some help. Please." It's, oh my god! Oh my god! It's really sad. It's really good. It's effective. It gets me. I'm also like, it gets me. Who is he praying to? Presumably, I assume to God, God, which is crazy. But like, God is a bastard. He doesn't know that God doesn't exist. God has never contacted him. God has just sent some angels after oh, him, that's... and they're all bitches. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I guess the, the, the status of God is still deadbeat father, who may or may not be, like, a decent guy. That's true. It's wild. <laughs> Praying to a... Literally, are you yep. there, God? It's me, Dean Winchester. Yep. This is so the that's the episode. The way... This is the exact equivalent of when he called John in 1-9. Hmm. Blech. That's fun. Actually, I'm going to pull up that transcript real quick. Um, so yeah, the way we end this episode is very different from the way this episode starts. It's a, and this episode aired on Valentine's Day too. So it's a very fun, it's a very fun switcheroo of like, oh, you thought this was just going to be a Valentine's Day episode. No, this is plot, baby. Mr. Bedland, you have my gratitude. Yeah, I like this episode a lot. Uh, Famine Mm -hmm. is the coolest and scariest horseman by far. Yeah. Okay. I found. Well, we haven't met Death yet. That's true. I got the home transcript open. And Dean says to the voicemail, Dad, I know I've left you messages before. I don't even know if you'll get them, but I'm with Sam and we're in Lawrence and there's something in our old house. I don't know, blah, 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 plot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to do. So whatever you're doing, if you could get here, please, I need your help, Dad. <sighs> okay, I'm going to lie down. <laughs> yeah, literally. I don't know how I feel about uh, 
Sam's return to Demon Freak Blood Boy. Uh, but I will I will hold my thoughts until we see what happens next episode, I suppose. Um, I think he's just going to be back mm-hmm. to the way he was at the start of this episode, where, like, it's a latent addiction. Unless he's still in the detox room. I don't remember enough to say. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is like I, I'm curious how much the show is going to My bother with this. My prediction is that it's going to be standalone. Yeah, which is boring. They might have a little conversation. It's like, hey, Sammy, are you okay staying off the demon blood? From what I can tell, based on what I remember of this episode that comes next, um, yeah, it's just kind of a one-off okay. thing. Well, it's definitely significant that he was able to hold himself back, particularly in the presence of famine. I think that's neat. And maybe pointing us in a direction. I don't know. I'll hold it in my head. Um, mm-hmm. Beyond that, I think we talked about most of the major themes of this episode. So, uh, actor facts time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Whoopsh was played by PJ Prinsloo, who played Chris Laidlaw in Edgment. The Cupid was played by Lex Medlin, who was Owen French in Drop Dead Diva. The Gaunt Demon Guy with the briefcase was played by Colin Kerrigan, who plays weird background thugs in like a billion things, apparently. <laughs> um, and specifically is Alan Noort in Battlestar Galactica. The Red Dress Murder Lady was Cersei in uh, in Sabrina, um, the, the goddess, uh, and is also the director of a bunch of Hallmark movies. <laughs> director and writer, I think. That's incredible. And, uh... That that's it. That's that's us done. Um, All right, next well, week. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. Yeah. <laughs> if you leave us a five 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 star review, we'll read it aloud, like I said at the start of the podcast. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, season five, episodes fifteen and sixteen, "Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid," which is <laughs> a Bobby Whew. episode, shall we say? All right. And the an next episode. one is "Dark Side, Dark of, the Side of the Moon," which is everything. Okay. It's, I am exaggerating. It? Okay. It's not actually everything to me, but it does have the John and Mary lore that I mentioned. It is. It has many things. It has many it's, things. It's, yeah, and it's like we have the return of, of a beloved character that I won't say more about. Mm. <laughs> the sort of return. Cool. Yes. 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 Um. All we're right. Almost there. We're almost done. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh. All right. Uh. That's us done. Until next. Until time. next time, we're going to be uh walking drunkenly <laughs> out into the darkness and praying to God to deliver us from all of our problems. So we're gonna be leaving God a teary voicemail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is a prayer if not I a teary voicemail? I don't know about y'all, but but I'm uh having hallucinations and withdrawal symptoms in an iron room. Fair enough. Personally, I am trying to comfort a friend, and he walks off to go get drunk without me. All right. Okay. So I'm okay. Dean. So this is this is we figured it out. I'm Dean. Ash, <laughs> Sam, and Emma's Castiel. Team free podcast. Team team. Team free podcast. All right. Damn it! If that if it was gonna be that serious, I would have been cast. <laughs> well, I would. Well, been too, bad. You've, so. too bad. You too bad. Too late. We're cemented in our roles now. We got to play the story out. The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license. Find the link in the episode description.